0: Well, first of all, I never knew that you supported animal cruelty, Chris. Yeah.
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to another ripping episode of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shellcast. I'm your host for today, Chris. We have John with us. John, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. Is it gripping or ripping? What did you say? Ripping?
1: Both. I said ripping. It's a ripping what episode. Gripping. Well, they mean two different things, but you could use either. Andrew, care to comment?
2: Um,
0: I'm going to say ripping because... Mikey had quite a few turtleisms this episode. And since he's a surfer turtle, we're going to roll with Rip It.
1: Yeah, I thought it would would fit in. John, we know he's excited for the turtleisms coming up. So we've got a lot for you. This was a a very exciting episode. We're on season three, episode two, uh, Turtles on Trial. And I have to say season three is off to an incredible start. Um, These first two episodes are fantastic. A lot of action going on. So we've got uh, Best Worst segment for you today. Uh, We have our usual turtleisms, phone power ranking. But as always, we're going to start with the pizza time punishment from last week. I had the misfortune of losing last week's Twitter poll. I spun the wheel and got... Does anybody remember? Cornflakes cornflakes so oh yeah there's jam packed with cornflakes really just cover the entire thing um the cornflakes were the most expensive part of this which tells you how great (laughs) ilios pizza is but are there any comments before i take a huge bite of this
2: did you did you do anything to the cornflakes or you just put them on the pizza
1: no this is a cooked cheese ilios pizza topped I didn't cook the cornflakes I just I wanted to maintain the crunch so they're just covered coated on top more of a condiment than a ingredient I guess
0: well Chris for being there. the veteran um, cereal breakfast cereal pizza eater let's see what you score it
1: yeah this is we call this ASMR pizza time wow
0: look at that crunch haters will mm-hmm. say it's fake
1: <laughs> that was a really big bite so compared just a to, question
0: did you go frosted flakes or did you go straight up cornflakes
1: straight cornflakes wow. right. with the rooster on both. the box I don't think I've had them since I was like 4 and you can only buy a mega box of them they don't yeah. exist in an unfamily family size. You
2: know, what you can use those for though. Just put them in like a plastic bag, crush them up, and use it to put on like some coating on some chicken.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Or like some, um,
2: or a French toast or sprouts. something.
0: Yeah, Ooh, or just French
2: cut toast. up some bananas.
1: What? Just just cut up bananas.
2: Nope, John's gone. I think John. And John think is a... yeah, easy with the cereal.
1: Oh, I'm in here. The, okay. Yeah, Hubert, my dog Hubert is just all over me right now trying to get some of this pizza. So I will say compared to the Raisin brand, a little bit worse just because you don't get the sweetness of the sugar or the chewiness of the raisin or the intoxicating aroma of the cinnamon. A little bit crunchier because I went heavier on the topping this time. But... I'll be honest, I don't remember what I scored the raisin brand. Don't tell me. I'm going to say I would pay six dollars and eighty-seven cents for this pizza. Wow. Where's that land yeah, on I... the Vinny's pizza board?
2: Uh, I could tell you. It's less than Raisin Bran. Raisin brand was eight dollars.
1: Wow. That was back before we did change.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh,
0: so that yeah. slots in six seventy eight is just below wheat germ at seven dollars.
1: What the hell? How did we? Because
2: <laughs> it was just like powder. Nothing it was dust. Dust
0: in the yeah. wind. <laughs> raisin <laughs> bran got an eight, Dusty. eight dollars even. So you're coming in, you know, about twenty percent below raisin bran.
1: Okay, right. that's about right where where I was aiming for.
0: So. I think that eliminates all the pe-
1: all the cereal pizzas, right? That was the last one.
2: It was, yeah. Uh,
0: no more. Uh, yep. yep. That's all she wrote for breakfast cereal pizzas.
1: All right. Well, here's hoping there's more to come. Um, before we get into the episode, anything you guys want to hit off the top? Nothing.
0: Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted to say a few minutes ago when you said we're off to a great start in season three. That's because, as some TMNT fans would say, this is the greatest season of all time. Wow. And that's what I I might say as well. So we'll see. It is what you said. It is what I said, yeah. Season three or season four, one of the two. So enjoying it. Enjoying it the most that I've enjoyed any season so far through the first two episodes.
1: And there's what another 40 episodes in season four or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think season four may have the most, but they're three, four, and five are all around like 50 episodes.
1: Yes, nice. so wow. we've got about 150 episodes to look forward to. Yeah, about prime three years. turtle action.
0: Solid three years.
1: <laughs> so if we're all alive by then. So let's get into this week's episode. We open, what, what is becoming a common open now with the Turtles, watching television in the Turtle Lair. Leo, Don, and Raf are really enjoying the wrestling match that's on TV. It's in black and white, but they're cheering. They're eating popcorn. They're just going crazy, rooting for who, John? Who is their favorite wrestler?
2: Uh The Big Turtle? I forget what his name is. He's a Andrew Turtle Dino.
0: wrestler. I thought I wrote it down. I thought it was the... Yeah, the something turtle.
1: It's the terrible turtle. Yeah,
0: terrible turtle. Ah.
1: Who could beat anyone with his hands tied behind his shell, even though his shell is on his stomach, it looks like, in his costume.
2: The the bowl of popcorn that Raph makes, I thought it was mashed potatoes at first because it was so one color.
0: Yeah. Yeah, surprising, too, that he puts it in, like, a clay. It kind of looks like a pot, not even really (laughs) a bowl. I feel like the play right there is like a clear either plastic or glass bowl for popcorn. Or yeah. the traditional like red and white striped one.
2: And I mean, Traditional. What does that mean? Like
1: the, like the movie theater box, on Vertical stripes. Not oh, 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 oh. So
2: stripes, they're also kneeling
1: directly in front of the TV. They couldn't be any closer to this thing. But Mikey comes in and kind of spoils the party a little bit, as he's known to do. Just walks right in front of him like dad would when we we're playing video games and he's vacuuming and changes the channel to a different show called On Trial with Clayton Kellerman. And Clayton, not the nicest guy, he's kind of like a shock jock, it appears. Um, and he coincidentally has this episode just about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he's ripping into them, saying that they're menaces that need to be hunted down. They're the worst thing to happen to the city. His audience is, as uh, I think Mikey says, they're like animals just chomping at the bit or champing at the bit. I don't really know how that saying goes. But basically, they're just ready to hunt these turtles down. So they're a little taken aback. They turn the TV off just as April is walking in. And she says, listen, don't worry about that guy. This is what he does. He hates everyone. You got nothing to worry about. And to take your mind off of things... She has a gift for them. John, to redeem yourself, what is the gift? John is, is not ready. Person? Yeah. Not reported, John
0: didn't not watch prepared. the episode. New I wardrobe watched
2: it. disguises. Oh, the masks. Yeah, that's I Yeah. The weird, the bald worst guy masks. masks ever.
1: Yeah. So they're basically bald 40-year-old man masks. They're all the same, which is also kind of funny. But the turtles try them on. They're actually very excited because it'll allow them to go topside without being recognized. So, as creepy as these masks are, and even though they scare them at first a little bit, they're excited to have these things.
2: So, it kind of reminds me of like the Ronald—is it the no Richard Nixon like presidential mask that people would wear?
1: Yeah, the bank robber mask. Yeah, what, what did, that in the
2: from. in the town? Right? Wasn't the it...
1: town they had um, nun masks
2: yeah that's right yeah, yeah and the cop like sees him and then just like looks away right
1: there is a movie though where they i forget what movie it's a famous movie where they have ronald reagan masks and or richard nixon masks
2: No, I, 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 like, I like like the like the obama mask too it makes for a funny halloween costume. like when it's unexpected
1: yeah i would agree now, John clearly is not prepared for this interactive, <laughs> my interactive style of
2: episodes.
1: It's gonna continue. Did either of you dig into who this Clayton Kellerman character is based off of?
2: I, I want to say Jerry Springer.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought, but there they did mention I think the difference between him and Jerry Springer is he seems to be either loved or hated by his fans. He's very polarizing. Where I feel like Jerry Springer was more making fun of other people and polarizing like the guests. So I don't I don't know. But I thought of Jerry Springer was was the first thought that came to mind too.
1: Yeah. So that is actually what I thought in my head what made me look it up. He's actually based off a guy I'd never heard of, Morton Downey Jr., who has a show called the Morton Downey Jr. show that was basically the exact same thing as on trial, where he would just basically lay into his guests, insult them get people to, to yell at them, all that kind of stuff. So maybe someone out tell, there a little older than us would get that reference. But
2: I couldn't tell if the audience was like, if they liked Kershaw or if they didn't. You know, Kullinman. like they were all like fired up. Like, oh yeah, yeah they're holding a banner that says me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said Kershaw. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, back at the Technodrome, Krang is just laying into Shredder about his bungle on the latest episode or the last episode that we had. So if anyone remembers with the Medi-Laser, Shredder goes to the surface, just completely botches the plan. Or you could say Krang helped with that. But either way, Krang is not happy. They're down there. They're sweating their balls off because they're next to the lava and they don't have any solar benite to power the refrigeration units to turn the AC on. So... They're not happy. Shredder finally gets to his breaking point and says, you know what, Crane, if you're so great and this is so easy, why don't you go to the surface and get the solar bent yourself? And then you'll be happy. We can have refrigeration units running. So Crane, yeah. he's excited about that.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say, Shredder finally says what we've all been thinking for multiple episodes and even debating last episode, John was really going at Chris as to why Crane could not go topside. And here we get Shredder really like digging in and enabling it almost. Yeah. Which is
2: great. Great to see. I also like the power. Like when you don't have air conditioning and it's hot, it just makes you fucking miserable. Yeah. Crazy. Like what do they call it in the summer? When you, get,
0: when you get like heat, um, when you go crazy from heat, there's like a saying for that.
2: Start crazy. That's when you're like stuck inside.
0: Heat
1: heat rage? I don't
0: know. I don't know.
1: But either way, solar apparently solar benite, which Crank said it like he had met referenced it before. I think this is the first we're ever hearing of this substance or whatever it is. But um he says, All right, Shredder, I'll take your challenge and I'm gonna use brains instead of brawn to steal the solar benite. And not only that, I'm going to destroy the turtles completely while I'm up there. So he's got two objectives. Get this, this solar benite, and just wipe the turtles off the face of the earth, which yeah, he's very it, intent on doing this episode.
2: Yeah. And not only just like defeat them, like in a humiliating fashion, he needs to embarrass the turtles. Which yeah. is his folly.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what is Shredder's weakness as he's blinded by his is a uh, desire to destroy the turtles like in the most extreme situation possible. So maybe that's some foreshadowing for later in this episode.
1: Yeah. So we've got, we've got an old-fashioned Krang and Shredder V. turtle standoff here going back to the well for that classic rivalry. So while Krang and, and Shredder are having this little conversation, the turtles are at UFO Pizza scarfing down some slices with April wearing their new disguises. And conveniently, we get a little hint as to how long it's been since the last episode. The same movie is playing in the theater. The Kung Fu Commanders and Chainsaw Cheerleaders still showing. So we know it's not too far after the last episode. Um, was that, was much... that a
0: confirmed UFO pizza or is that just a... Uh,
1: so just I, yeah, what made based you on the UFO? sign, made an assumption because there was a, a UFO on the, it looked like a spaceship beaming down on the sun. So
2: yeah, I got of nice. pulled up now. Yeah. It does kind of look like a spaceship with like a UFO with a tractor beam.
1: And then I remembered Andrew said they eat there a lot. So I was like, this must be that place.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. So, well, UFO gets maybe a couple of mentions, but Vinny's becomes the, uh, the spot in season three or four. I can't remember. It'll come up soon. Either way, I'd love love all the random made-up pizza places.
1: So they're eating what kind of pizza, Andrew? What are we adding to the board this week?
0: After some debate, some, uh, some dialogue, we decided it is mushroom and white sauce pizza. So a little mushroom, a little garlic, a little, you know, Blend of cheeses, if you will.
1: Yeah, it almost looked like a deep dish. If you will, yeah, Mikey was eating it. What appeared to be like a pie tin.
0: We could call it a deep dish if you want. Let's do it. We haven't featured featured some deep dish on here.
1: And they're eating this thing. They're whole slices to the face at once. One bite down the hatch.
0: And uh, who's eating it through the mask? Somebody makes a comment about how great the masks are because you can eat pizza while wearing them. Is it Donnie? I think, I think it was Mikey, Mikey? I and mean,
1: Donnie, one of the two. Yeah. But as they're chowing down on some pizza across the street, a jewelry store is being robbed. The turtles spring into action. They rip off their disguises, sprint out into the street to stop the robbers. Donnie hucks his bow staff, trips one guy up, and then Mikey uses his nunchucks, flings them, gets the other guy. And as they're kind of bringing these robbers to justice, an angry mob forms around them and chases them down into the sewers. So we know that word has got out from the on trial show. Everybody in the city just hates the turtles, apparently. They think they're freaks and they should be back in the sewers. So that is where they run to.
2: Yeah, never mind that they're protecting them from crime, you know?
1: Never Sad. It's terrible. almost like you know batman-esque where the hero is also the villain a little bit yeah so
0: i do i do need go. just need to make a statement michelangelo is absolutely unstoppable when he's throwing his chucks <laughs> he is it's unbelievable like he this is the one where he like hucks it maybe like 15 or 20 feet and wraps it up as he's running away right yeah That's gets true. him
1: right around the ankles
0: incredible Incredible. If he, if only he had more patience and focus, he'd be the leader.
1: And <laughs> I thought for a second that this was a resurgence of the Crooked Ninja Turtle gang because the eye masks that these robbers were wearing, it was like the 1930s, just black raccoon type masks, but they looked for a second like they were in costume. So sadly, they did not make a return.
2: It's funny that at like some level people thought that just wearing those raccoon masks was like enough of a disguise where you wouldn't be able to recognize somebody, you know?
1: Yeah. Pre, pre like video camera and anything though. Yeah. It's a pretty good, like throw a hat on, pull your collar up and just put something over your eyes. But anyway, once the turtles get down into the cellar or into the sewer with April, Leo says, Hey, can you get us on, the on trial show just so we can explain what's going on here and we're not you know getting chased by angry mobs and she says yeah of course Burn Thompson would love the ratings he'll he'll, of course do that so she's going to set that up for them
2: quite convenient
1: meanwhile it is convenient show thank you for that comment <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile <laughs> Krang is back he's still in the Technodrome trying to figure his plan out. Okay. He's got a lot of planning going into this. Bebop and Rocksteady walk in and offer to help. He immediately turns them down because he doesn't want them screwing his plan up. He wants to do this himself. And with nothing else to do, they turn on the TV just to catch some shows. They're watching what they call Smurfs, but is clearly a knockoff of Smurfs. And a commercial for on trial pops up saying that the turtles are going to be on, and that everybody needs to tune in, which Crane finds extremely convenient.
2: Very quick turnaround on the commercials and ad space for this uh, channel six on trial. Yeah.
0: I also think the crazy thing to me, more so than that convenience of them just flipping it on right when Crane is trying to think of a plan, is that he makes a statement that they have good reception for being... Five miles underground. So, I didn't look this up before, but if you guys had to make a guess of how deep it was to the center of the Earth, how many miles,
2: what would your guess be? Miles? 20,000. What? Okay. All
1: right, that's Chris? way off.
2: What do you mean to the center off. of the Earth? Yeah, Chris, it's like 35 35- Hundred miles from coast to coast of the U.S.
1: Yeah, twenty thousand. John, you're gonna. First of all, it's like twenty five. I'm gonna say to the center yeah. of the earth is about eleven thousand miles.
0: So Chris says eleven thousand. John, what did you say? Twenty. Twenty thousand. The answer is eighteen hundred and two miles. What? So One thousand eight hundred and two. The core. Is that's found not right, that's of what course. National Geographic Society says.
2: Wait, that's to the middle of the earth, yeah.
1: So if you took the United States and angled it into the earth, it would go through the middle
2: A diameter of earth right now.
1: That means that the earth, that the radius the US... is
2: 2,165 miles.
1: That can't be right.
2: This has the the distance from one side of the earth to the other is 8,000 miles, so 4,000 in, theoretically to the center.
0: Yeah, but is that the circumference?
2: No, the or circumference the is 24901. So divide that by pi.
0: we'll get seven nine, seven nine For two six miles. I mean, we have conflicting data here.
1: I think they what's, don't know how far this the center of the earth is. Isn't it like Chris. unknown what's actually at the core?
0: Well, I will say, either way, John was it's off by one order of magnitude. Because it, it's, so it it's, less, it's less than 4,000.
1: John's guess, I knew it wasn't that. John's guess threw me off. <laughs> but either way, they're, thinking, they're,
2: they're about down this there. What's the,
1: what's the deepest humans have gone? Do we know?
2: Like 10 feet there's a cool (laughs) no
0: there's a cool um youtube video that shows the depth of the ocean and it does mark like the the deepest anyone's ever gone unmanned and then like manned in a ship and it's not even close
2: to like scratching the surface they um of the ocean i think in russia they tried to dig a really deep tunnel like basically just a fucking tunnel that goes way down. Yeah, mine, That's I think. I have to say about that.
1: You stop, like, they. I think we've only got like a mile or something. Whatever. We haven't come close. Crane no. is basically an uncharted territory down there.
0: But five is not as deep as I thought it would be. Like, I didn't know there was lava. Five, is there lava five miles beneath? Probably, but...
1: It seems to be that whenever they come to the surface, there's lava now, so... Yeah. Who knows where these shafts go.
2: Wow, so that said. that hole that hole that I was talking about, you're never gonna guess how deep it was. It was seven and a half miles deep. Nine inches in diameter.
1: Did they hit lava? No. No. So then we have crane so. is not I retract my statement, Krang is not in uncharted territory.
2: <laughs> and this was in nineteen
1: eighty nine. Wow. Timely. So anyway,
2: it's called it's called the Cola Super Deep Borehole. <laughs> Very descriptive.
1: That's like a classic, like, hey, how's Deep Sea Earth? Yeah, let's just start drilling a hole. See how far we can go. So Crane, he's still formulating his plan. He sees this commercial and he says, you know what? Not only am I going to kill these turtles and destroy them, I'm going to do it on national TV. And this, for whatever reason, becomes a sticking point with Crane in this episode he wants to do everything to the turtles on live TV. So he says, I need to find the perfect weapon to make them suffer while I do this. Back at Channel 6, Quayton Kellerman is complaining that the turtles don't want to appear on the actual set of the show. So they're going to appear, but because they don't want to interface with the public and get chased off again and cause a bunch of chaos, they're going to do it from the basement of the channel 6 building so they'll do a remote shoot which to me is like why not just film it from the sewers then Yeah, but apparently they're going to go to the basement of the building to film this
2: When which like defeats the whole purpose though like they don't want to out themselves publicly and let it be known where they are so then they just go to the same place and they're just in the basement like silly
0: yeah I didn't really understand that either like either be there or don't Don't just go inside and just be in a different room.
1: And like even I was trying to think if there's a plot, there's not even really a plot reason for this to happen, but
2: I feel like what happened was like they were writing the script and then someone was like, Hey, it's kind of silly that they're trying to disguise themselves, but then they're going to go on national television. So we can't really go back and erase what we already wrote. So let's just say April needs, they're not going to do it publicly.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: So Kellerman's not really happy about this. Burn loves it because he's going to get the ratings either way. But Kellerman says he's going to make turtle soup out of these guys. So you know he's already biased going into this thing. They're not going to get a fair shake. And in the sewer, the turtles are all gathered around talking about appearing on TV. And Mikey is just losing his shit. He's super nervous. <laughs> doesn't know what to do. He's like shaking. He's sweating. He's terrified that he's going to look like a fool on TV. Splinter tries to calm him down. Mikey's not having it. He's still freaking out about this thing. So we know that they're not, they're not too happy to be going on TV, but they feel like they have to.
2: You should do like a, a Toastmasters public speaking practice. But it's well, also like if.
0: Go ahead, Andrew. I was just going to say Irma at the very top of the episode embellished or, or right at the top of the scene, rather, She says there's like 60 million viewers that are watching or something, some ridiculous number for like a Jerry Springer daytime TV sort of thing. So I think Mikey's just in his own head. But again, for four teenagers to go on live TV and talk about how they're defending the world from all these terrible things, you know, aliens, all that stuff, it's, you know, a little bit hard to believe. So I don't, I don't fault them for being nervous.
2: If you, if you had to pick one turtle that you would want to sort of speak and be representative of the four, who would you choose?
1: I mean, it's Leo, obviously.
2: That's not who I would pick. Who would, who would you, would you pick? pick? Donnie. Leo mm. is too, like, righteous and, like, only That's talks. That's exactly and what clichés. they need right now. Only talks and cliches. He's a good
0: PR guy, though. You know what I mean? Like, he's like the Tom Brady you want. He's saying all the things that, like, so predictable, but he says them time and time again.
1: Yeah, he's well-prepped. Like, Raf, I love Raph, but he would be the worst option. He's yeah. too sarcastic. No, I think Donnie, Mikey would
0: be
2: the worst. Mikey would be bad, too.
1: Yeah. And Donnie was just, he'd get too technical. So oh, he I he could just, you just drown him out.
2: Leo turns into a little whiny bitch, though, as we've seen this episode.
1: All right, you want to talk about whiny bitch, John? Your guy's just changing the channels on the TV because he thinks he's God when he's down in the sewers.
2: That's how you know he's the alpha. He fucking... To put on a
1: a, a shock jock junk TV news channel?
2: No. And then, yeah, to prove my case, when he, he did change that channel, Leo was like complaining because they, you know, hey, we were watching that. It's like, dude, you're the leader and you just got the channel changed on you. Sam's yeah, remote. they were
1: having so much fun they were having before Mikey showed up.
2: <laughs> Eating mashed potatoes.
1: Yeah, dude, John, they were like on their knees, like it was like they were at the side of the ring. They were going nuts watching this turtle guy. Any comment, Andrew, on how much Mikey sucks?
0: <laughs> um, I would say they're both. They're in no particular order, my. Second, my penultimate least favorite and my least favorite turtles. Leo me, and yeah, wow. Leo and Mikey. They're both the bottom of the barrel for me personally.
2: But I'm not just I saying this because still...
1: of John. Mikey's my least favorite turtle.
2: That's fine. Either way. <laughs> That's fine. It's totally fine. It's, you have your opinion. It can be wrong, but it's fine. Yeah. But either way.
0: You've acknowledged how weird it is for them to be doing an interview in the same building, just in a different room. But yeah. it plays right into Kellerman continuing to bash them and riling up, you know, his base.
1: Exactly. And also, like, a little blame should go to April here because she works for this station. Maybe help them prep a little or something, but yeah, she's just kind of letting them do their own thing where she has all this TV experience. She could be helping out a little bit more.
2: Yeah, and she's like, oh, I feared this would happen. It's yeah. like, yeah. You could have you avoided it.
1: So while this is all going on, back at the Technodrome, Crane still has not left yet. And now Shredder walks in, and he starts breaking Crane's balls, saying like, oh, I thought you would have had this all figured out by now. You haven't even left yet? What the hell's going on? So Crane is explaining, listen, I know the, I know what I need to do but I need the perfect weapon to do this. So he's cycling through all these military weapons on his computer. He wants the perfect machine that will defeat the turtles, but will also make them suffer and will also help him get done what he needs to get done up there. So he finally settles on this military prototype machine that I thought looked a lot like the Star Wars little chicken walker things that are on whatever planet the Ewoks live on, the little two-legged machines that blast lasers. Um, inconveniently, John. What's so convenient about this machine?
2: It is stored in the same exact building that the solar benite is stored. Conveniently, correct. Wow, it's unbelievable. So, I did watch.
0: Yeah, okay, what are the thing, odds? Just master plan. Just you know, things <laughs> like dominoes falling in a place from like you know Mars entering the atmosphere. That's why.
3: Stuff. Yeah.
0: measure number one villain? That's why he's, number That's why he's our number one villain on our power ranking just a fact. But
1: I thought it was interesting too when he was going through the vehicles. One of them was the tank that would freeze people which is what the anti-turtle squad used to get the frogs.
2: It was too quick he said.
1: Yeah.
0: Nice little easter egg in there though. I just... Crane is going for the home run. It's not going to end well. We all know this already. Like it's so predictable. But... I do like how they continually are double down on ripping off Star Wars, because you're 100% right. That's that's exactly, if I knew what those things were called, I would say it right now. John's going to look it up. I but think they're
1: isn't. AT-ATs. I don't remember.
2: Oh, it's AT-ATs a thousand percent of ripoffs. The rip-off. big one.
1: I thought that was a snow, whatever. doesn't matter. John, look it up and tell us.
2: They're called the all, All-Terrain Scout Transport, ATST. Known as the PTSD. Scout Transport or the Scout Walker.
1: So, Krang settles on that. He, I don't think it ever gets a name, just the military prototype machine. And Shredder, speaking of complaining, Shredder instantly starts complaining that he's not involved in the plan and it was his, you know, the Turtles were originally his enemy and why isn't he helping out? So Crane finally gives in and says, you know what? Go distract the Turtles while the rock soldiers and I break into the warehouse and get this machine in the solar benite, that'll be your involvement uh, to help me out here. And so,
2: interestingly, Krang is taken out of his... Android, Android body. Human, yeah, Android body and put into a little smaller at oh, ST Yeah, it's a little bubble walker. Yeah. I love that thing. I, I
0: like Krang in the bubble <laughs> walker the most. Like, he's in... The Android body, he's in the bubble walker, and as we see in a second here, he's going to just be freeballing, free, free braining out in, out in the <laughs> world. And uh, to me, the bubble walker is like the, the funniest, uh, funniest you know, suit that he has.
1: I like free braining Crank, I like when he's in nothing, he's just braining around on the floor. He's funny when he's trying to move around. <laughs> so, Shredder's giddy, he finally gets to be involved, he instantly grabs Bebop and rock steady. They jump into the transport vehicle, and then s- just skyrocket toward the surface, coming up in the middle of a planetarium slash museum. So they miss the mark. Shredder says, "Hey, we we're supposed to come out outside, just in back." And Rocksteady's like, "Yeah, sorry, boss, I, I missed, I missed it."
2: One of so. one of my favorite. Um, as they're going, as Shredder is sort of taking Bebop and Rocksteady. They're complaining that all they do is go up and down and up and down from Earth's surface back to, you know, five miles below. And Crane's like, yeah, it sounds like the perfect task for a couple of yo-yos, which I just thought was a great insult. And then he gives
1: Andrew's favorite line, Crane made a funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I despise that. Shredder said that earlier, episode two or three. And then I think Splinter also says it in the 1990 movie. I made it funny at one point. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Don't know who first wrote that line, but get it, get it out of here. Replace it with a crank out or something. Krang out. Krangout. I
1: love Krang's yeah. voice too. His just little, I don't even grumbly gravelly voice is the best. So we're gonna pause here for a best worst segment. So I noted that the transport vehicle came up in Planetarium, which is a very common place for field trips. So we're going to do best worst field trip edition. You can be very specific if you want, you can do a general location, but um we'll start with do you want to start with the best or the worst, Andrew, what you go
0: first? Let's do the worst.
1: Okay. Whenever you're ready, we'll go Andrew, John, then me. And then we'll do best.
0: All right. So I've got two that are tied here for my worst uh, field trips. And I'll walk through both scenarios. Uh, So first, growing up in central Massachusetts, one of the most common field trip locations that we would take perhaps at least once a year, I would say, is Old Sturbridge Village. So for those of you who have never been to Old Sturbridge Village, think of, like Chris is probably the better one to explain this, but think of like colonial, like revolutionary ish times, Yeah, right? Like 1700s. It's,
1: yeah, it's like 1700s living history museum.
0: Yeah. So late 1700s, early 1800s, you got people that are acting as if they were the blacksmith, the you know, uh, whatever else. Yeah. The, the barrel water. maker, whatever. yeah, the Cooper, the Cooper, all that the stuff Cooper. So, while Old Silver Village is definitely worth a single field trip visit in your lifetime, that's about it. I don't think yeah. you need to go more than once. So that, for me, is one of the two that I'm considering the worst field trips because we all know the best thing about field trips is you're not in school. The worst thing about field trips is when you go back to the same place because you, it might as well just be school at that point. Yeah. Now. For
1: those those that don't live in the area, think like Jamestown, Virginia, or Plymouth Plantation, if you know what that is. Very. I feel like every state on the East Coast has some sort of version of this place.
0: Yeah. and And like, again, growing up, you know, it sounds like I'm complaining because I am. Growing up in New England, like you get revolutionary history shoved down your throat massachusetts invented america we all know that yeah but after a while and you know especially in like elementary school like you're all learning the same stuff it's not like you're doing on a college field trip so
2: paul revere ever heard of him
0: yeah (laughs) uh did you hear did you
1: hear don't tell paul revere
0: fun fact uh samuel adams like of the boston beer company their guy on their label is not Not Sam Adams, it's in fact Paul Revere. Because Sam Adams
2: apparently was so ugly that they didn't want him on their label. Interesting. It's a Sam Adams slander podcast right now.
1: Yeah. Also, Paul Revere, there's that other guy whose name I always forget that apparently was more important for that midnight ride. But Paul Revere got all the glory.
0: Yeah, winners write the history books. So besides that, also in New England, also a place I traveled to many a time. And also up there for my worst is the New England Aquarium. Oh, what? Yeah.
1: That's a swing and a miss.
0: The reason, which I would come to find out years later, is the New England Aquarium
2: is trash. (laughs) Well, comparatively, comparatively,
0: compared to like name any other major city aquarium. Or SeaWorld or anything like that. Yeah. Doesn't even touch it. And you would think being Atlanta. so nautical and so historic that they actually have a decent aquarium. But the only thing that I remember is when you walk right in, you have just the penguins. Yeah, they The penguin exhibit is like right there and it smells. And that's the memory I have of the New England Aquarium. So, which is which is worse? Old Cerberus Village. Yeah, Hands down.
1: Agreed completely. It was top of my list. So I have no, I, that's a. I appreciate it. And they've reconfigured a little bit more. Like when we were kids, you couldn't even really interact. Like you would just go there and watch people. You couldn't participate Mm -hmm. in some of the stuff. They've changed that I think since. And also that's just a place you appreciate more when you're a little bit older and actually care about the history of things. Not when you're six and in third grade.
0: It's just it's a tough draw because how do they keep you coming back? You know, I rock think that's candy. what their challenge is. Yeah, make your own rockin'. How
2: about um? They got decent fireworks there though. Milk the cow, milk little
0: Betsy. You know, the fourth so draw is big. They
1: reenact battles and stuff, but mm-hmm. overall, not not a very great place when you're, especially to your point, Angie. We lived there. And went there so many times that the novelty wears off.
2: Yeah. The amount of times that people have asked if I lived in Old Sturbridge Village is striking. That people, yeah. probably more striking, that people would think that the entire town of Sturbridge is o- Old Sturbridge Village. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's maybe the point. other.
1: Yeah. People ask where uh, we live. I'm like, do you know Old Sturbridge Village? That's usually the first question.
0: Yeah. That, and that's probably why I'm so bitter because, you know, obviously we didn't live in Boston until uh, none of us did until John went there for college. Now actually lives in Boston. So that's legit. But to tell yeah, anyone else. get
1: his exact address out there. Docs. The
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the old Sturbridge Village thing, I just, I can't anymore. I refuse. I refuse. Do you know? So sorry for taking
2: probably the collective worst.
1: I pee my pants at Old Sturridge Village. That's why I hate it the most.
2: <laughs> now, the only thing worse than Old Surge Village, and I feel like it's in the same category, as Plymouth Rock. Yeah, because, very
1: disappointing. Very. Because
2: I don't think I've ever been to Plymouth Rock. What you're taught about... Have you ever seen it, Andrew? Nope. Don't look it up. What you're taught about in the history <laughs> books is that, you know, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Are those? No, that's Christopher Columbus. <laughs> 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 yeah, isn't that what we're talking just about? the, the rock. song in my no no no. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not what the Pilgrims came over on. That was Christopher Columbus. The Mayflower, Columbus. John. Was yeah, the Mayflower. Pilgrims. You would think that the Mayflower, on its voyage, and they land at Plymouth Rock, that it's this giant, like, otherworldly rock. It is, in fact, not otherworldly, or what some might even say, a rock. It is <laughs> tiny. It has graffiti on it. It's in a cage, and it's about the size of, like, a large printer, I think.
1: Yeah, people throw trash on it. Not, Although I will say, at one point, that rock, whether it's the actual Plymouth Rock or not, is debatable. But they broke it up and distributed pieces across the states back in, I think, the 1800s. So it was chiseled away at, but still... The, I will say, the most disappointing landmark <laughs> I've ever been to because I didn't know, like, I had no idea what to expect and you show up and to John's point, it's just an absolute letdown and there's nothing else around it to, like, even go see. That's what you're there for and it's just a piece of crap in a cage.
0: <laughs> That's wild because the replica Mayflower that they have in Boston Harbor, like over by um, the Children's That's Museum, I think. Mayflower. Yeah, there is. Mayflower. Yeah, there is. Too. Well, yeah it's, it's usually by, at um, Plymouth
1: Plantation, but they floated it up.
0: Yeah. Either way, it repairs. ends up in Boston at some point. Like that thing is so small. Everything about the revolution, like Bunker Hill. Have you guys seen Bunker Hill? Yeah. Of course I have, Bunker seen
1: Hill. have you climbed the monument, Andrew?
0: Everything's tiny. Even um, Boston Massacre. Tiny. It
1: was tiny. What do you <laughs> mean? does that mean the massacre was small yeah
0: yeah it was only like three people were killed i think or something or like 11 people. yeah whatever but i'm just i'm just saying like everything is smaller you like you forget how small everything was back in the 1700s boats including actually people buildings yeah
1: do you know what the average size of a civil war soldier was
0: well i i know the average size of a u.s male is five nine so it's got to be like Five five or five six, like small, right? Because they were like kids fighting, right? Yep.
1: Five six, 145 pounds. Yeah. And they were over a hundred thousand kids under 18 enlisted. Which
2: is well, like, when you only basically lived kids to be fighting like 25, a war. huh? I mean, people didn't live much past 40 those days.
1: Yeah, they did. John, sure, it wasn't the 1500s.
2: Look at the average lifespan at of eight. Whatever, when was the Civil War? Eighteen sixty.
1: Yeah. Well, whatever. We're off the rails. Well, but Tanger's uh, point: everything is very small. I agree. So, yeah. worst you're picking. After that long rambling answer, we're going with Old Sturbridge Village.
0: Yeah, I got to go gut, and in my gut, Old Sturbridge Village can burn in hell. <laughs> John
2: Jesus was
1: with was Plymouth Rock years.
2: If am I allowed to take Plymouth Rock? Because I would. It's terrible. You
1: can, if you want. You can be yeah, general more go, specific.
2: No, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Plymouth Rock.
1: All right. Um that leaves me with two there's two that come to mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the art museum. So we live near Worcester. The Worcester Art Museum was a big one. Sometimes we'd go into Boston maybe. But when you're in elementary school, you just do not give a shit about art or any of that stuff. So it's basically a bus ride to a place where you can't talk or have fun with your friends for like three hours until you go eat lunch somewhere. So we went to Worcester Art
0: Museum every year.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, the only thing you had looking forward to as a preteen – Slash teen going to the Worcester Art Museum was like any sign of art with nudity.
2: Yeah, what I I don't what is, I don't even know what the Worcester Art Museum is. There's an art museum. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's right by WPI.
2: I don't think I've ever been there. Yeah, you, you have. don't. You don't need to go, John.
1: I only went to Higgins Armory. Higgins Armory, awesome, is now part of the Worcester Art Museum because they closed the building. Everyone loved Higgins Armory <laughs> because that one suit of armor that had a boner.
2: That was the best part. So, you don't remember that? I'd say Higgins Army might be up there for the top. Yeah, well, let's save it for and the you best, said it was the worst. We're in the worst.
1: I I said Worcester Art Museum, okay?
2: But you art just said Museums Higgins Army is part of the art museum.
1: It is. and sucks.
2: Yeah, the <laughs> okay. art museum does at suck. At that I age, there... I'm
1: saying at, at that age, you yeah, don't yeah. care about art. You it, yeah,
0: saying? in fairness, I went back as an adult, a young adult, as a collegiate... Um, Member of society, and it still sucked. <laughs> and I know, yeah, I know, the not the I know for a fact, I'm with... not well cultured in art. But usually, there's at least like something when you go to an art place where you're like, okay, I can kind of be into this. Not at the Worcester Art Museum.
1: And there's nothing cool at the gift shop. There's nothing at all that's cool about the art
0: museum. Yeah, there's nothing even cool around it.
2: There's not even good like food or. Like Is other this, stuff, you're just picking the Worcester Art Museum.
1: No, I'm saying I personally, because that's one I've experienced with, but at in elementary school, any art museum <laughs>
2: <thumbs down>. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Yep. I think with uh, with my Boston Public Library card, I get free tickets to the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. I think. Have you been? Uh, not recently, no. They had, I think Van Gogh was, they had all the Van Gogh paintings.
1: Yeah, they did that in uh, in Worcester too. Those things, and again, as an adult, you appreciate that stuff more, but as a kid, get me out of there.
0: Yeah, but even at the um, risk of sounding ignorant, I will say even when I was in Venice and they had the uh, Vitruvian man, so Leonardo da Vinci's like guy that's got his arms out and it's like all about the geometric proportions and stuff. With the triangle and the circle i don't think people realize how small that thing is either and like how so easy it is to walk by that and just be like that's ah, not that cool even though it's the mona
2: lisa too it's yeah tiny. i mean all that stuff is tiny but the like size that, of like a craft american single square cheese no it's not that small <laughs> <laughs> not that small but it
0: is small um but yeah just all that stuff is just underwhelming so i think I mean I, I maybe I'll give kudos to the like art teachers back in the nineties and two thousands because they hyped art like to the nines and history teachers too. Yeah. I'm gonna give it up to the teachers. They really deserve they deserve the credit for building the anticipation and the letdown has become on the institutions that actually carry that art or history.
2: So, so things were just more museums you. are, you okay are with so them if stuffy things were just boring? Bigger? If things were just bigger, would you be okay with them?
0: Yeah, partly. And if it was like
1: you <laughs> obsessed with the size music, of things, too small, too well, big.
0: Chris, when I can go to a Patriots game and the Jumbotron is bigger than like anything you can imagine in life, and then I have to go to art museum and like stand on ladders and have binoculars to see like a painting that's three feet in front of me. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like let's get with and the times. The Mona Lisa
1: sucks. A lot of the famous paintings are boring. Our museums just need to be more exciting.
0: It's like golf. Like be cool. Yeah. Stop being so stuffy. Be cool. And then you'd have a thriving business.
1: Yeah.
2: Golf is thriving. Don't let's not bring golf into this.
1: Golf's thriving because rich people play it, not because it's like boxing. It's not popular. Whatever. That's a different uh, argument. Chris... Let's go to the worst. Worst field trips, golf kidding no, you said thanks everyone great great oh. joke by chris <laughs> andrew you can start off with All the right. best best field trip
0: best we already had one that I was considering which is higgins armory so again very specific to massachusetts however the best part about higgins armory was not the you know armor plated boner it was the <laughs> gift shop uh gift shop sword letter opener
1: <laughs> yeah i was gonna bring that up you had one i used 20 used bucks all the time. yeah all the time yeah used that thing.
0: great so great so that's why you know so to describe it for people that don't know at one point in history we actually used to mail letters to each other i don't know how often <laughs> that happens <laughs> nowadays but that was the the norm um, and then some people like that were fancy would have a letter opener. You, instead of using your finger or just like ripping it, you would have this little, you know, small knife looking thing. So Higgins Armory had maybe this like four or five inch version of a miniature knight's sword. For opening it's funny items. that
1: you so, said, I'll explain it. And you didn't explain what Higgins Armory is. You just explained what a letter
0: opener is. <laughs> yeah, Higgins Armory is whole...
1: like a medieval history museum.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody people. cares about that. Everyone cares about the gift shop.
1: Do you remember the birthday parties some kids had there? And you could like put the chain now on and they'd kind of jab you with the sword and it wouldn't I cut you. I don't recall. Oh. I guess I was the only one that went to Chris had
0: rich, had rich friends growing up. I think be it was sure Jonathan. That was...
1: Not to dox our old neighbor, but shout out Jonathan Angus. I think he had one there.
0: Perhaps. But I would be, is it remissed? remiss? Remiss. Remiss. I would be remiss to uh, not talk about Camp Borndale.
1: And just going, he's just naming every field trip he <laughs> ever had before he gets to us.
0: Hey, I'm just giving the people like, some, some honorable substance. Here.
1: mentions, buddy. Camp no, Borndale so was Camp great.
0: Camp Borndale. And the reason I'm selecting it as my best field trip. What? Yep.
1: You just, you just took <laughs> it as
0: no, I just hyped
2: Higgins Armory out. You, you yeah, no, 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 no,
1: Andrew, go when you edit this, go back because I swear you said I'm choosing Higgins Armory. As the no,
2: best. no. Andrew was he was just gauging a reaction, and then he had yeah. his. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm
0: okay. a hype man. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, Camp Borndale, The reason? Okay, so let me d- describe what it is for people that are aren't familiar. So, in the school system that we went to in Massachusetts as you entered seventh grade, is that right? Or sixth grade? Sixth you grade recall? was entering sixth grade, yeah.
3: Yeah,
1: okay. your last year of elementary school.
0: Yeah, so in your last year of elementary school before you went to junior high, which was seventh grade in our school district, you went for one week by yourself, not by yourself, like with no uh, parental supervision of your own. You went with chaperones from the school what I'm trying to say is it's your first <laughs> week away from your parents and like immediate family. Yeah. And you're just... It was an busy. overnight
1: field trip is what Andrew's... Yeah. But it was
0: nights. almost like a week, wasn't it? Close to Yeah, a week. it was a full week. Yeah. So you went... You, you It was like basically you stayed in a cabin and then you met all the kids that you're going to meet in like a year from all the other schools, school district. They're all there at the same time. So it's cool because you're on your own. It's like your first time on your own. So that's, that's why I think Camp Borndale... In my mind, was cool, um, or the coolest, the best field trip because it's essentially like a vacation away from everything you've known, and you're kind of th- thrown out into the world as a as a young young uh, adult, not even adult, sure. not even. A and it was like
1: an aquatic research area, so you would do different labs and stuff just out by the ocean and stuff, which was cool.
2: Dissect a shark, yeah, Could cut open its head and eat the brain.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Andrew so, takes. So my Camp best. Borndale? To recap, just...
0: those that weren't listening, <laughs> the best field trip is Camp Borndale, not Higgins Armory's um, letter opener, and the worst field trip is not the smelly uh, penguin station at the New, New England Aquarium. It is in fact Old Surbridge Village.
2: John. Okay. Your turn the best field trip Uh, it was not an overnight but it would be a whole day and it was walking the freedom trail in Boston and you would start you would start at the state house and you would learn all about the state government and you'd meet with your representative and then we had a teacher that would who I, I guess thinking about now, like I could probably do it now just living in Boston, but would basically walk us and you walk the freedom trail, which would take you by all the historic points where all the history happened, where there was the Boston massacre and the common and you go to Quincy market and then you go to bunker Hill and you climb the bunker Hill monument.
1: Yeah. Awesome. I actually went in high you get school.
2: Lunch at Quincy market. Yeah.
1: Did you go in high school or elementary I know we went to elementary school, but high school was high
0: awesome school. too. When we went high yeah. School. High school was, was cooler. I think though, like looking back, that's got to be the cheapest field trip we ever took. Because it really, besides bus? the bus and the fuel, like, and paying the, the bus driver, it's all coming out of our pocket and not the school's. You know, but I will say the best part about that is Quincy Market, Faneuil Hall. Like lunch. Same thing, because yeah, you're I on your own. own and you can pick you can pick whatever you want. You know, you don't have a parent telling you like, you got to get something with vegetables. You can just go straight double pizza if you want.
1: Yeah. So that, that was up toward my list. I'm going, and this is really just a layup, the zoo. Who doesn't love the zoo? Andrew was bashing aquariums earlier. Zoo is a cooler version of an aquarium. Some people are going to say it's sad that animals are in cages, but listen, some of those animals where stray isn't going to die anyway. So, if you go to a nice humane zoo, like the Southwick Zoo, you can see a giraffe. You can maybe feed the it. Southwick Zoo. See a Southwick rhino. Trash.
0: What's the best zoo you've ever been to, Chris?
1: Um, the Southwick
0: listen,
1: Zoo. I, no, I. The not been to a lot of zoos. I like the with the. I went to the one in D.C. That zoo wasn't terrible. Listen, the point is I like animals, all right? And the zoo is a great way to... You're outside, which is nice. You kind of... A lot of times you're at your own pace, so they just let you loose. You can walk around and see whatever you want to see. The gift shop at a zoo is the best gift shop of any field trip you're ever going to take. There's stuffed animals. There's cool shirts. There's anything you could want. So I'm going with the zoo, and I'd love to hear you guys knock the zoo down.
0: Well, first of all, I never knew that you supported animal cruelty, Chris. Yeah. boo.
1: I just said, uh, Andrew, that some an of anti, these animals.
0: He's an anti-PETA guy. He's the on the opposite side of, of PETA.
1: Yeah, I am. PETA sucks, first of all. I love animals, but PETA is a terrible. If
0: you love animals, how would you want to see them behind bars? Yeah. I don't want it. (laughs)
1: But like they're prison. (laughs) Uh, Listen, some of the injured, these animals, some of them were rescued from worse situations. Yeah. You can't just send a lion into the wild.
0: I'm just messing with you. I think zoo, a good zoo is for sure up there as best field trips. Like the San Diego Zoo, if you've ever been. Incredible. Uh, Cincinnati Zoo, have you been?
1: That's where they shot Harambe, isn't it?
0: Neither have I, but I've heard it's great besides for, <laughs> or, shot besides for the, there. Yeah. besides for that um, you know they had to though they RIP, had to save that kid R.I.P. Yeah, that um, kid. but overall overall if you've been to one zoo you've been to all of them in my opinion like they're just just like an aquarium how many turtles do you need to see before you know that the best one is Raphael you
2: know what's you know better what than coolest? a zoo what? a safari Sorry.
0: No, that's a
1: safari is cruel because now you're going into the animal's house and driving cars around them just to take photos.
0: No, I'd rather like... see
1: an animal that was never going to be in the wild anyway and not inconveniencing it.
0: Well, I will say the Boise Zoo sucks.
1: Yeah. What kind of cool animals going to be in Idaho?
0: Sucks. Uh, the anteaters. I will say I think I've seen, I saw an anterior for the first time at the Boise. Their heads zoo are a lot skinnier Easter. than you would think. And they're bigger they're than you would way think. way bigger than I th- would thought. Like, they're massive Com- compared. They're like, they're bigger than a dog, to put it into language terms. they So, like, maybe, like, the size, the height of a big cat, A let's say a cheetah or a leopard of some sort, maybe a little bit bigger.
1: I think like like, an alpaca. Maybe it's
2: also that. roughly the size of Plymouth Rock.
0: Yeah. Huh. 2.5 Plymouth Rock heights.
2: <laughs> yeah, no zoo.
0: I mean, it's a little bit underwhelming to be the third and final best and you just go zoo. Like, I
2: know, the zoo is
1: trash. What do you want, Andrew? There's, all right, you batched aquariums, which the penguins smell. What am I supposed to say? What else do we do? Chris. The Nutcracker? Uh,
2: Fenway
0: Park, like sport, a sport. It's not,
1: not a field trip to Fenway Park. You're just picking baseball games. Uh, how now? about this, Chris? A TV.
0: A TV trip that you ever been on? You're not going to tell me was a Saco River Fraternity trip that we took in college. That wasn't
1: a field. That wasn't a field trip.
0: What's a field trip?
1: You're in school. You're getting out of school.
0: Yeah, were we not in college?
1: Okay, fair point. You didn't pick it either,
0: Chris. A TV station
1: Uh, for a field trip.
0: The police station. You get to jail. go behind bars. I think
1: when did you, when is, where did you guys go on these field trips? You went to a TV station, John?
0: I no,
2: the criteria wasn't you have to have gone on it. it I know, just but who has we, ever taken a field trip, a trip cool. to a
1: TV station?
2: People. We went to yeah. the court. Also, April cool, O'Neill. On. How about April, a, O'Neil. Navy, a Navy yard? You get to walk on the boats. Yeah, what was that? Um, the Battlefield, the Cove. Boston Cove. Yeah, Battleship Cove. How about for Cove? you, John? What'd you pick? Yeah. Battleship Cove.
1: Yeah, jump picked uh, pick an afternoon on, walk for which, ice cream. Which,
2: which, Which may, I think the naval, what is Andrew Battleship Cove? That might have been included on the Freedom Trail. No. That's, no. It, I think... That's
1: not even around here.
0: Battleship Cove? Battleship
1: Cove isn't near Boston.
0: I think that was in Connecticut somewhere. Oh, isn't it?
1: It's in like Maine or something. I don't know. I just Anyways. tacking on to his <laughs> shitty field trip because now he's gonna add he's trying to add in anything in Boston that's interesting.
2: Yeah. Also, I had the aquarium as uh, one of the best field trips. No. Yeah, the
0: aquarium was fun. I the All children's right. museum or the science museum. Science museum. Yeah, museum of science. Museum of science. A planetarium speaking of. speaking
2: of. No.
1: Yeah. The ecotarium. I'm Not of cool sure sex. what that is.
2: Is that the movie well, with Pauly Shore and no that's, no, that's Geodome. So a biodome. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that, that movie is so good. Bio, in Biodome.
0: Yeah. Biodome <laughs> is what every animal in the zoo basically goes through in their lifetime.
1: Wow. That's wow. deep. <laughs> All right. Best, worst, just to recap, Andrew's best. Um,
0: Camp Borndale.
1: Camp Borndale. <laughs> his, his worst was uh, the aquarium.
0: No, Old Surbridge Village. Old, Old Surbridge Village, <laughs>
1: sorry. <laughs> I'm not even doing it on purpose. John's best was the Freedom Trail. His worst, what was your worst, John?
0: Um, Plymouth, Rock. Plymouth Rock.
1: My best was the zoo, and my worst was an art museum. All right, keeping it simple.
0: Imagine, though, <clears throat> a closing thought, if you lived in anywhere near D.C. and, like, the Smithsonian's were your field trips. Like, that's probably got to be the coolest. Place I was live, just down there. Trips Still awesome. Yeah. So shout out DC, Greater Virginia, Delaware folks. Don't Del the best field trips.
1: All right. Back to the episode recap. So you'll remember we left Shredder and company breaking into the planetarium with the transport module. Um, as they're crashing through, Splinter catches word of it on the news He's just hanging out in the sewer watching TV because he's got nothing better to do. He sees these reports of strange creatures causing mayhem at the museum and instantly jumps on the phone, calls the Turtles, who are on their way to do their interview. So they're sewer surfing a little bit. They've got April on board. They get the phone call, and they turn around to go stop all this chaos over at the museum.
2: So as they're on the cheapskates, Chris, I think that's what they're on. Yes. Michelangelo, April's hanging on the back. Michelangelo's surfing, and he goes, we're going to catch catch a crest here. And what does it's he what say? He well, whatever. What does he say? He says, cowabunga. And that, on the board friend. is on the board for Michelangelo. 81, 82 more to go, and I'll have the over.
1: Yeah. So we're crushing it. We've got one in two episodes. Not on pace. We're on pace for 20 right now. So, I was wondering if you caught that.
2: Oh, but wait.
1: Right now, we're on pace. No. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) they spin around, and they get to the museum, and a fight breaks out. And this is, I think, probably the longest and my favorite fight scene we've had in the show so far. So... The turtles walk in, they catch Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady, you know, causing chaos. And they instantly drop an alligator from the ceiling right onto their bodies. So they're pinned down by this alligator. Shredder kind of gets out. They kind of kick it off. And Leo, being the hero that he is, takes on Shredder 1v1. How does that go,
0: Andrew? Well, with the help of Michelangelo, the second... Or worse, turtle, if you're asking me. (laughs) Um, They pull the good old schoolyard move where you got Mikey crouching down on all fours behind Shredder and Leo gives him the little okey-doke pushover and uh,
2: they reign victorious. Yeah, which is both effective and... Hold on. Now that I think about it, so Leo charges Shredder, right? And he has his katanas and he goes to, you know, slice him with the katana and Shredder uses his, you know, whatever... (laughs) gauntlets but which way are those things which because they get caught on the thing they change the the wrong way yeah Yeah. what the hell they point towards his elbow right typically so yeah normally
1: they point down toward his elbow but for this scene they had to point up because they catch the two blades he does like the cross chop motion and they catches the blades and he flings them off into space so Shredders, yeah, his gauntlet blades change direction depending on what's going on, which is an interesting nugget.
2: Like, it makes um, sense. Like, I'm looking at it right now. His fi- like his fist, the ones on his hands that cover, like, the back of his hands are, like, Wolverine, so it goes the other way. But then the ones on his forearms, yeah, they're going the wrong way. Because they would be which meant I think if you're to, him, like, to have a glancing blow, you know?
1: Yeah, you would want them to aim toward your elbow, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. They're almost unnecessary to have blades there to begin with. but um, So they take care of Shredder. And meanwhile, Raph, Andrew's favorite, just topples a giant statue onto Rocksteady of Gurglu, the turtle god. That's what the statue is <laughs> of. is isn't a real god. I try to look it up. I guess it's just a name they made up.
0: But at least, topples, at least topples Raph's... Over. Doing something though, I feel like he has been MIA. I mean, I think he continues to kind of be MIA for like the rest of this episode. Mm. When, when does Raphael, as we know him, arrive? Yeah, not not yet. In,
1: in the movie, he's like the top fighter. He's like, I'll get all this aggression. In the show, he's making a lot of. He's he's getting more sarcastic, but he's not really involved in a lot of the fights a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, he doesn't. Um, in the whole series, he doesn't really ever he's not the angry turtle as as you know from the live action movies he's just sarcastic and his fighting so far really has just peaked at him throwing his side and like pinning stuff against the wall so i i would like more raf you're my favorite you always will be i need more from you right now constructive criticism step it up pushing over what is it gro- gogu gurgloo gurgle grogu's distant cousin <laughs> um you know a plus for effort but step it up let's go
2: any yeah poor rocksteady too just trapped under this giant statue
0: and kudos to donnie donnie's just like he's just owning shit right now he's killing it lately what have you done for me lately donnie would say everything inventing stuff he, he kicking ass he,
2: he threw his bow staff to knock down that turtle, yeah, like a missile, and then right? It, it, yeah, and then it came like boomeranging, boomeranging back to him, like perfectly. It was quite the toss.
1: It is impressive. So kudos That's attempted murder too. You, you don't topple that statue onto somebody without trying to end their life. As
2: You're that statue. So here, here's a little insight into how my brain works. As that crocodile fell onto shredder bebop mark steady i peter thought pan? no peter pan scene? i thought it was no. going to be the the crocodile bad guy from mm. the ninja oh, turtles leatherhead yeah
1: just strapped to the ceiling <laughs> for no yeah reason.
2: just like oh this is the origin story of leatherhead no we get that
0: uh not not too not too far from now i was thinking peter pan like you know the robin williams peter pan yeah pan the tock rock
1: or whatever it's called? Yeah. Pan-pam situation?
0: Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Like when he's like holding his arm and like the wooden one just like when oh, slow-mo comes over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or like the taxidermied one, I think is, is what it is.
2: Yep.
1: So the turtle comes crashing down onto Rocksteady, seemingly ending the fight because we cut to Krang. You know, so Shorty's doing his part. He's distracting the turtles as he was instructed to do. Crane is breaking into the warehouse. So he's got a Stone Soldiers. They walk in the door, take out the two guards that are sitting at a table. I think they're playing cards or something. Clearly not the most uh the brightest bulbs on the tree. But the Stone Soldiers take him out, they kinda hang him on these hooks. They they pick Crane up and kind of heave-hoe him up into the military weapon. After he grabs the solar benite off the shelf, it's in a little bottle. They heave home up there and then he he tests out the uh, stun rays on the guards. So he just blasts them. At first I thought he killed them. And then when I watched it the second time he says, I'll try out the stun guns. So he's got his little chicken walker thing. He's he's tested it out and he, he fucking loves this thing. He's ready to rock and roll on it.
0: Lots of theme music being thrown around. I think this is uh, the third third fight with the fight music playing so yeah. no fucking around in season three
1: yeah they got better about like putting background music into in this season just even in the scenes where there's not a fight going on the the audio has gotten yeah
0: like better. at channel six like they kind of have their yeah
1: yeah and Irma's and got like her that. little sad music that yeah. plays every time she talks um, so back at the museum we realized listen this fight wasn't over they're actually still going so, Shredder and Bebop have run into a new room now. They're, they've got the turtles chasing them from behind. Shredder grabs a net. He tosses it onto the turtles as they walk into the room. They kind of cut it open and are being chased down by Bebop now, who's got, like, this spiky, I don't even know what you call it, the medieval mace thing that you swing around. So, he's chasing them down, and Leo comes up with an incredible, incredible way to to stop him. John, since you love Leo so much, care to explain?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure where he gets the idea, but he picks up a shiny shield and shines it in Bebop's face, who then gets scared that there's a monster, but he's the monster. <laughs> and then one of the other turtles has another shield and he does the same thing and Bebop goes scampering away.
0: Which reminded me, do you guys recall The Monster at the End of This Book?
2: The best book ever. Yeah. I
1: love that book.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I won't spoil it for anyone because I
2: Oh that was Grover, right?
1: Yeah. He's urging the reader not to finish
2: the <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't spoil it, Andrew. Yeah, it's Sesame I'm just Street. saying the book is Grover yeah, is, is in the narrated, book. Narrated
0: narrated by Grover and he's afraid about the monster at the end of the book. So you should go read it, read it to your toddler. It'd be a great book for them. Uh, but very much reminded me of that book. If you if you know, you know.
1: Yeah. So a little psychological warfare, you could say, from the turtles here.
2: Yes. So, and I think before, Chris, you continue, there's another cowabunga from Michelangelo in this scene. Really? Because I only counted one from him. Yeah, there's, there's not. So, no, there is. Wow. So here, here, maybe this is worth discussing. Okay. There's a point at which... I think it's the scene where the turtles are charging at Shredder and Bebop. And there's someone, there's a cowabunga, and it's clearly Michael, the voice actor from Michelangelo, that's saying it. And they're running at the villains. So I'm counting that as a cowabunga.
0: All right, well, let me see on the transcripts if there's yeah. an official second.
1: And Well, yeah, well, you look that up, Andrew, so the scene John's referencing, I believe, is the, the scene that happens right now. So Bebop goes running off because he's scared of his own reflection. Shredder, meanwhile, has picked up a crossbow off the wall and is just peppering the turtles with uh, bolts or arrows, whatever you want to call them. So Mikey, quick thinking Mikey, puts on a suit of armor and charges at Shredder to disarm him. So that, I believe, is the part John is talking about, where as he's... Mid charge, you know. Um, who's the guy at Gettysburg that charge? Pickett, Pickett's charge here. Great reference by me, even though I had to think about it. Um, he, I don't recall him shouting "Cowabunga," but I only had yes. one for this episode. So
0: Andrew, yeah, there is, according to the transcript, Michelangelo has two cowabungas. One, that's right. As he says, "Hang on, April, we're going to catch a curl," which was the yep. earlier one John referenced, "Cowabunga," and then. This one, after Leo shouts, let's get him, turtle power, Mikey shouts, cowabunga. Damn. And that's right before, is that right before they steal April?
1: No. So this part, no. this is, well, yeah, it's coming up. So okay. Um, Mikey charges Shredder. Shredder runs off. He's terrified. He runs he off. He is.
2: Very And scared.
1: as Mikey is pursuing him, he is hit in the head. Hard by a cannonball that Bebop dropped from about three stories up, just hummed it down, hit him right off the head, and then takes aim with another one, but misses. So attempted murder by Bebop on the uh museum floor.
0: Maybe the first ever documented case of CTE. In fact,
1: yeah. Mikey is clearly concussed. He takes. We'll get to it. He takes a beating in this episode. Yeah. So that's that's part number one where he's just stunned. As all of this is going on, the floor collapses from the, what this, the turtle statue, I forget his name, grew, whatever that's, I keep thinking because Andrew, Gurglu. the floor, which apparently was the floor above them, collapses, down comes the statue, and all this commotion is now drawn a crowd outside, a crowd is forming, Channel 6 News is there, Vern is on the spot, he aims the camera or tells them to aim the camera up at the building because they see through the window the silhouette of the turtles up in the museum. So everybody outside thinks that the turtles are causing all this destruction and all this chaos, which is not a good look for them.
2: Oh, that makes sense. John
1: John didn't pick up on that, which is
2: no, I no, I I just like in my head, I'm like, oh, they're just filming it that the turtles are like saving them. But it makes sense that they would be like, oh, the turtles are causing this.
1: So though unintentional, this is, this is working perfectly. Yeah. We don't want another gazaille
2: leaf situation on our hands. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) So back in the museum, and this is the part Andrew was talking about. They're basically at a final face-off. All this commotion has happened. We get a scene where Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady are on one side. The turtles are on the other. They're kind of at a stalemate. They're talking back and forth a little bit. And then Shredder grabs April, who's just hiding behind like a, Pole or a post right near him. A support beam. Yep, support beam. Thank you, John. Um, grabs her, takes her hostage, and the Turtles, fearing that he's going to hurt April, lay down their weapons at the direction of Leo and surrender, basically. So Shredder's got him right where he wants him. They've surrendered to him. He's got people up in Rocksteady. He's got April hostage. All appears lost for the Turtles here.
2: Yeah, they they, uh, gave up pretty easily. Almost immediately. I guess they really value April or human life.
1: I mean, it's the honorable
2: move. Turtles fight with honor, John. Turtles also surrender with honor.
1: Come on, April. What are you doing? Hiding behind the post right next to Shredder? Like, make yourself invisible when these fights are going on and get in the corner somewhere.
0: Yeah, I think she had the camera out, too. I think she was trying to catch... The turtles in the fight so that they she could help use it as evidence for the turtles being good, and not bad. But I'm with you. April's right back into the damsel in distress. Yeah.
1: So Shredder has the turtles exactly where he wants them. He tells Bebop and Rocksteady to advance. And lo and behold, right at the wrong time, Krang chiming in on the Krang communicator. And Shredder's like, hey, it's perfect timing, Krang. I'm about to destroy the turtles. And Crank says, oh, no, you don't. That's for me to do. I'm going to kill them on live TV like I've been talking about all episode. Stand down. These are my turtles. Shredder is not happy about this. He's essentially throwing a tantrum, saying this is just what I want. I've got them where I want them. Let me do it. Let me do it. And Crank says, if you kill those turtles, I will hunt you down in this machine I'm in. So stand down. And Shredder Which hangs is, up the phone and follows orders.
2: Yeah. The second time that Shredder has had the turtles in his grasp and he's foiled by Crane.
0: I think third, well, yeah, well, at least the full squad. Yeah. yeah, Right. Because you can make the argument back in season one when Mikey was tied up in the chair in the abandoned mansion and Crane untied him just to fuck with Shredder. That was the beginning. But yeah, this is an all time mistake by Crane. so in my mind with what happens next I'm I am making a hard stand for Crane moving down in the villain power ranking
1: okay we'll I there we'll is a defense for Crane, which I will save for the villain power rankings because I thought about this a lot so shredder first of all very funny where he's like I won't I won't I won't like a little child and then he hangs up and he's like, Oh, I never get to have any fun, but he does what any good soldier does. He tells people up and Rocksteady steady to stand down. They're confused. They don't know what's going on. Um, as they kind of pause the turtles try and charge him. And he throws one of those exploding Ninja stars that just everybody seems to have now um, causes a big explosion and shredder and, and his little gang run off um, and escape. So the turtles are confused. They don't know what's going on. They don't know why Shredder just let them go. April explains that Crane was the reason and he's looking for them too, um, which they're not excited about. But they realize they still have a little bit of time to get back to the basement of Channel 6 to record this interview for the On Trial show. So this part was kind of funny where it's like, they know now that you know these two are after them, but they're like, well, there's nothing else we, got, we can do right now. Let's just go record this interview real quick. <laughs> so
2: Public image. Got to maintain yeah. the public image.
1: Exactly. They got to get the PR campaign back on track. Which doesn't go smoothly. So they're in the basement. Mikey is continuing well,
2: to just... I guess... No, speaking of uh, public image, Chris. How are our social media?
1: do Accounts john doing. with the i guess segue um yeah. well you tell me john how's tiktok I'll, I'll say i'll start with twitter going fantastic as usual um same content we've always had but great content <laughs> so the episodes out there we got the twitter pull up there's actually which will be by the time this episode airs it'll be out there um john's betting board i don't know what we want to call that or what we call that segment but we'll be able to live off the track twitter? yeah it'll be on the twitter Nice. Is there somewhere else we wanted to put it?
2: Oh no, no, no! I thought, yeah, I didn't, wasn't sure if you posted it already or not, but yeah.
1: No, I haven't yet. I'm I'm spreading the posts out so they cover the entire week, so nice. that will be up. You can track the. Maybe we'll update it for this episode. We'll track the progress, um, so you can see how our bets are doing. And we're continuing with everyone's favorite uh, toys of the week or throwback toy of the week, whatever you want to call it. So those continue to do well, John. How are the TikToks
2: doing? TikToks are doing well. We've got a couple new ones up there. You'll have to go at TMNT Showcast to find those. I will say for the Twitter, Chris, I did, whoever posted it, I double-checked the haiku. Ever since the fiasco from, G- like, the chat, <laughs> G- <Yep. laughs> not Is it, not have, it have they been haikus or no? Yeah, yeah, they, they have okay. been. But I, I feel like a couple of them have ended with, lesson lesson learned in end. I feel like I feel like they like that yeah. last one. Yeah. yeah, But yeah. Well and then Andrew, oh, do we
1: have a Turtlecom voicemail?
0: No turtlecom voicemail. Yeah. So our um our call to the foot soldiers apparently was not picked <laughs> up through the hyper hyper dimensional signal transporter thing. <laughs> uh, so we're still waiting on that. But Two things that happened, uh, you know, in my side of social media and PR. One, Fridays have become Pizza Friday. So, Vinny's Pizza Board and the pizza time eating segment each week from each episode will be featured every Friday on the Instagram. Um, and then, currently, every Thursday is the Twitter haiku. So the episode haiku that John just referenced that you can only find on Twitter. Um, perhaps I should move. I don't know if it makes more sense to do the throwback Thursday for the toy, Chris, and maybe move the um, haiku to like a Monday or Tuesday or something. But what we're trying to do is, is have, um, you know, almost many segments within the social media to uh, engage people on the various platforms. So I encourage you to check out all the social media. Um, but also, huge news, stickers mm. should be here by the time the next episode airs, based on the Very shipping nice. confirmation that I got. So, I will save all the details until those arrive, but they have been ordered, we have merch on the way, it is a good day.
1: First, right. Turtlecom voicemail gets a complimentary sticker. And I will say we encourage you, Andrew mentioned Pizza Fridays, which I'm glad to see those coming back from our college days. But we encourage you to share your pizzas as well. So same thing with the toys. If you have something, tweet us, tag us, whatever you want to do, but we want this to be interactive. So we know everybody eats pizza. I think it's i'm gonna I'm gonna assume it's the most consumed food in the United States. Maybe after like potato chips or something, but I would say pizza is probably up there. So we know you're all eating it. Share it with us.
2: Potato chips. That's what you came out with.
1: You don't think chips are at the top of that or like hamburgers or no. something? Yeah. You don't think chips are at the top of the most consumed foods in America? You're crazy.
2: I don't think so. I don't know.
1: John, that's, come on. That's but, easy.
2: Or are you counting in an individual chip?
1: I'm just talking volume, like pounds of food eaten.
2: I don't think chips is top 5.
1: I'm pretty sure I saw that on like the food network like how it's made your sweet treats or whatever that stupid show was.
0: All right. I'll run down the list. The top 10 most eaten foods in America by Reader's Digest posted 6 days ago. Reader's Digest. I know they're Erica, still around. Eric F- in uniform. So, they have 50. I'm not going to read all 50. And <laughs> Who knows if my page will even load. So I'll build the suspense. Okay, number one. This is fucking bullshit.
2: Wait, what do you <laughs> mean number one? I'll oh, start number 10. Going... Yeah. yeah. Number 10. Countdown?
0: <laughs> These are lies. I'm just throwing that out there. Miso soup. <laughs> number nine. Yeah, this is just some meetup up uh, restaurant list. Edamame. It's like that... <laughs> Edamame. Garlic, garlic naan. Number eight. <laughs> <laughs> mozzarella sticks at number seven, pad thai at number six, <laughs> French fries at number five, cheese pizza at four, hash browns at three, cheeseburger at t- two, and apparently burrito bowls are number one. Which is no way. <laughs> yeah. There's
2: no way. I got a list I just, here. I got a list.
1: Edamame here. beat out hot dogs. I don't think so.
2: That's unbelievable. Wait, this that's is lies. all just opinion pieces. It's not yeah. statistics. <laughs> Miso. So I love Miso. <laughs> yeah, there's no way that's number 10. Who, who who wrote that article?
0: Hiba- a hibachi restaurant? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, the other thing I was going to add or comment on to Chris's point, please do tag us Pizza Friday, even if you're eating Pizza Friday on a Tuesday. We want to get a little, uh, little engagement. So, um, whatever it takes—stickers, turtle convoy mails reposts, anything, anything—we'll take it. I'm not begging. I'm just, <laughs> I'm being persuasive.
1: Yeah, just asking very nicely. All right, John, so do you have the list here? We moving on here.
2: Now moving on. I don't, I don't know if I can't find an actual list. I just pulled up someone's potato number ten.
1: All right, close enough, I win. All right, so the Turtles are getting interviewed, and it is a disaster. So Mikey is extremely nervous. Donnie, who feels the initial question, is just stumbling over his words. He's tripping up. So not going well. Kellerman's growing them. Hey, if you're so great, why aren't you on the show right now? What's with all this destruction going on? They just they can't seem to, to recover. And luckily for them, I guess, mid-interview... Crane goes bang and just blasts the channel six news building with his lasers. Like not even subtle. He's just blowing the whole building up basically while everybody's inside it. So he's shooting them up. He's calling the turtles out over his MegaCom or whatever he's got saying, Hey, come outside. It's Krang. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know exactly what he says, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he wants them to come outside. And he's like, this is his chance. This is what he's been building for the entire episode. Kill him on live. He TV. says,
2: I have it pulled up here. He says, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Michelangelo over. <laughs> you really said that? No. <laughs> uh,
0: I was going to say I missed that part, but I, I don't doubt it. The thing that blew my mind, uh, what do we call him, the little walker thing that he's in? The, the big little chicken walker. walker. The military, yeah. yeah, chicken walker. No seatbelt. No seatbelt wow. in that military vehicle.
1: It's a good point. Two seats, too. He's operating it by himself. And also, I don't know if you guys caught it when he's walking down the street to Channel 6. He's got his little TV screen in front of him. And initially, it's just showing the road he's walking on, yeah. which is stupid because he's looking out the windshield as he's doing. He doesn't need to look down at the screen. And then he changes it to the on trial show. So I thought that part was kind of funny. But he's outside shooting him up like Yosemite Sam. The turtles run outside. To confront him. Mikey gives a little speech into the camera before he leaves basically saying we fight for honor and a bigger slice of the pizza pie. So there's your good PR for you. Um, and they run outside not realizing that he's in this giant machine. So they come flying out the door. They kind of all skid to a stop. Leo's in the front and he's like, oh shit, I was not ready for this. So Crane. Just fire, open fire. They dive out of the way, barely. They almost get killed. They go tumbling to the side on the ground. And then Clayton Kellerman pops his head out the window and says, hey, quit making so much noise down here. You're interrupting my show. What the hell are you doing, praying?
2: Not to mention that, like, the turtles ran off. So I guess the interview with them was over, but it was going to be the whole episode. Like, you're interrupting the show as in, not because you're loud, because you stole the turtles. You know,
1: and I left out. Crane actually grabbed Donnie, but he was able yeah. to get away. He kicked out like a wire, and he gets dropped.
2: Yeah. So and you know, and you know what happens right after Donnie kicks out the wire? Someone throws a weapon, Chris. And who is who throws that weapon?
1: No, no, no. That doesn't happen yet, John. Actually, because well, first your, your order is out. Your or, then you're no.
2: wrong in your order.
1: You're wrong, because Donnie gets grabbed, <laughs> he kicks out the wire, then Clayton yells out the window, and Crane just fires away at Clayton Kellerman, causing him to tumble out of what was like the sixth story of the building, tumble out the window, and Mikey, the hero, catches him, yes. saving his life.
0: Yes, that's the correct order, but you yes. skipped over uh, something very important, which Ooh, was Shredder... Is openly rooting for Crane's failure, yeah. which is really? important because I think this is the first time, like Shredder always says stuff under his breath, but this is the first time I think he's uh like truly making it known that he wants Crane to fail.
2: What does he so, say? I think I missed that. Um, What he, he says, says exactly? Andrew, is yeah. that important, John?
0: Andrew ruined,
1: <laughs> well, I, just, I actually had a big... There was going to be a big seminal point where I was going to reveal what happened, but basically oh. there was a cut scene, a quick cut scene. It's okay. It is important. There was a quick cut scene before Krang started shooting on Channel 6 where Shredder is back down in the Technodrome with Bebop and Rocksteady, and he says, I know Krang is going to screw this up. I'm heading back up to the surface. So he's he, – similar to how Krang always plans on Shredder to fail, Shredder is now planning on Krang to screw up, which causes him to get back into the transport vehicle and head back to the surface.
0: Yeah, the direct quote is, "Crane will fail, I'm sure of it, and I'm going to be there to laugh at him
2: when he does. Come on, let's go. I I feel like the episode that I watched didn't have that scene in it. I don't... It was pretty brief. It's like a cutscene yeah, like and three...
0: he just basically hops yeah. in the transport module to go back up to Earth.
2: Oh.
1: Exactly. So... Back at the surface, Mikey has caught Clayton Kellerman and then is instantly blasted in the chest by a laser beam, harder than anyone has been shot in this entire se- I thought he was dead. He goes Say skidding that. all the way across the sidewalk, but kind of sits up so you know he's alive. Which why Crane just didn't take a kill shot there, I'll never know. But
2: maybe he tried. Maybe that was he the He hit him shot, right in the heart. He couldn't yeah, have
1: got hell. a better shot off at him. I fucked him up. Yeah.
0: It was pretty strong. Mikey is strong.
1: So as all appears lost, the turtles are kind of grouped around Mikey. He's sitting down. Krang's got him right in the sights. And lo and behold, here comes Shredder, Bebop and Rocksteady in the transport vehicle up through the street, right at the moment that Krang is about to destroy the turtles. So we get a little payback here where Krang had stopped Shredder from killing the turtles. Now Shredder distracts Krang just long enough for the Turtles to charge. So this scene was kind of funny because the transport door pops open. They kind of Goomba (laughs) stomp Bebop, Rocksteady, and Shredder, (laughs) use him as like a launching pad to jump over the transport module. Mikey, the hero of this episode, grabs uh, what is essentially giant nunchucks. It's like a piece of concrete on a rope from the rubble. Swings it around. Again, we're borrowing from Star Wars here wraps it around the legs of Krang's uh, military weapon. Don uh, Leo takes his katana, flings it into the heart of the machine, presumably, or just into the chest, which shuts down all the electronics. And then Donnie uses his bow staff to kind of spring himself forward, kick Krang's machine in the back, causing it to trip and fall over directly onto Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady in the transport module so raf unfortunately does not participate in this seminal moment in the episode <laughs> the machine falls down crane goes spilling out onto the sidewalk and gets
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah this is the worst possible look he could have had after what just happened he gets
1: fucking stuck and go <laughs>
0: So no wonder he's oh, his his, no wonder he's so focused on having his Android body because he can't yeah. legitimately navigate the ground because of the trash that's that's gonna get yeah. stuck to. So I think I forget gum. what he says
1: like he says like my brainwood or my ankle or something Gang, ganglion
0: or ganglion I think. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Gabe <laughs> gets stuck. He's like, "Oh, I'm stuck in chewing gum," and he can't free. He's got the solar bena in one arm, but he can't free himself. Shreddy, shreddy just opens the door of the transport module, grabs him by like the forehead, and just yanks him off. Tosses him into the module, and they go speed him back down to the technodrome.
2: I love so, how I love how <laughs> when they drill down, it's like magma instantly buries the track, and then like turns hard. Yeah.
1: Ugh. So although they failed to destroy the turtles on live TV like uh Krang always wanted, they were able to get the solar benite which is what they wanted initially for, for going to the surface. So they do get away with that. Um in the aftermath in the street, Clayton Kellerman walks up and doesn't even he's like thankful but he doesn't thank the turtles for saving his life and when they ask him to stop badmouthing them on TV, He says, nope, I can't do that. I've got a reputation to uphold. So that's showbiz, baby. (laughs) He just walks away. Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, Andrew made reference to it earlier. April was filming all of this stuff for hopefully as proof that the turtles were good and they were fighting for good. But it turns out that her camera was smashed in the battle and none of the footage is useful. So basically, they're back to being pariahs of the city. And that is the end of episode th- uh, two, season three. Not what bad. did we think?
3: Yeah,
0: Great not episode. the best, not the worst, but a good episode. A lot of fighting, a lot of action. Yeah,
1: yeah. That museum scene was like half the episode. Just never the fight that never ended. Nobody actually won it. Yeah. So, as we do at the end of every episode, we're gonna have John start with his list of turtleisms
2: I got yeah I did get the two most important the two cowabungas from Michelangelo and Chris maybe you can continue the list
1: so I well I do have a list this there's probably more turtleisms I had in this episode than any other one to date
2: it was a Um,
0: lot I I stopped I stopped writing down because I just couldn't I couldn't spend (laughs) so much time doing it
1: so I'll go we'll start with Mikey had total snore, au contraire compadres, radical, outstanding mon frere. He He spoke a lot of French this episode.
2: Yeah. He's very worldly. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. He said, Time to boogie at warp speed, catch a curl, tin teeth and his trogs when he was talking about Shredder, cow bunga. We had two of those apparently. and we caught one. Um, major brainstorm. That's what he said when he had his head crushed in. On guard Canhead uh, when he was fighting Shredder. What a concept. Fearless leader. Bizarro. Bogus concept. Another compadres, is he had Amigo. Scuzz bucket and total bummer. That's just Mikey from this episode.
0: Yeah. I Donnie.
1: Yeah. Donnie. Did you get this one, Andrew? No more Mr. Nice turtle.
0: Nope. I had nothing from Donnie on my list.
1: Leo, I had two. He had turtle power, and then he called Krang a blob of brains, which was pretty funny. That's when they ran outside. Um, Raph said they got their shells stomped. Rocksteady, this is the first Rocksteady I ever had, said wizard face. Bebop, I had three. He yelled turtle bashing time. My personal favorite, warthog power, when he was charging them down. (laughs) I thought he
2: said wardle. Yeah, wart, <laughs> Warthog, I had to look
0: it up too, but yeah, yeah. hog
1: And then Turtle Toe Jam. April had Metal-Faced Maniac and Making Mincemeat. She said Kellerman was making mincemeat of the turtles. Krang gave us an Derchi Amphibians.
0: Mm.
1: And then Quayton Kellerman had Turtle Soup and ab- Abnormal Amphibians, is what he called the turtles a couple times. Yeah. Nice. That's all I had.
0: You had more than I had. Same. I I made it funny, because I fucking hate that line. <laughs> That's that was one like a
1: slow zoom pan into Frank's yeah. face, too, when he said it. Um, all right. Villain power
3: ranking.
2: I will recap where we left off. We did have a little bit of movement after the last episode. Um, so for all of the listeners at home, we've got nine people on the power rankings in order. We have Krang at one, Shredder at two, Bebop Rock Rocksteady at a solid three, Baxter, Stockman at four, Trag and Granitor at five, the Foot Soldiers at six, Knucklehead at seven, punks at eight, and the Rock Soldiers at nine, with the tenth spot open at this point. And then for this episode, for active villains, we had Krang,
0: Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady. The Rock Soldiers?
1: Yeah. I was going to make an argument to move them up a little yeah. bit. They executed their plan.
0: But that, was, that was it, right? Yeah.
3: yeah. Okay. So
1: let's start with the Rock Soldiers because that's an easy one. I know Krang's going to get contentious. So how far do we want to move? I think we should move them up. I would argue that they go... Past the punks, past knucklehead, past the foot soldiers, and then either behind or ahead of Dragon Granator.
2: What did they? What did they do?
1: They broke into the warehouse, and disabled the guards, and they tossed Krang up into his machine.
2: I I would I would say personally right below the foot soldiers.
0: Yeah. What did the foot soldiers do? They were um, pretty.
2: Uh, effective last episode. Yeah.
1: Didn't they two of them get killed?
2: No, they can't die. A rock soldier got killed. <laughs> <They> got <dismantled. laughs> yeah, in the episode before that, the rock soldiers got flung off of... Uh, I just feel like Jones. the rock soldiers haven't done anything against the turtles other than That's get true. kicked into an abyss.
3: That's fair.
0: It's true, but I do see where Chris is coming from because Dragon where I think maybe should move below the foot soldiers and then the rock yeah. soldiers should move above them. So foot soldiers should be at five in my Opinion, yeah I, then I, I agree with that. Chris, so you, rock
1: yeah that makes sense i'm There's, just like knucklehead inactivity you gotta yeah you gotta get bypassed here. i think
0: everyone's getting dinged baxter just because of how strong he was i don't know if he should move down again because we did just move him down last episode yeah
1: and the foot soldiers but, haven't done anything good enough yet
0: yeah yeah so i think i think that's fair
1: all right now the real contention andrew make your case for whatever you want to do to craig
0: so i think krang has to move down because in two of the last what three episodes he has made the ultimate blunder which has been putting his pride over the objective which is destroying the turtles he called off shredder twice when Shredder had the turtles at knife point, essentially. Let's call it at Gauntlet Point. Um, called him off twice because he wanted to have the honor to do it, and he fucked it up twice. So to me, there's no way that you can remain at number one when you make that kind of blunder. Even with inept villains like Shredder and Bebop and study behind you. I just think out of principle he has to go down.
1: But Okay, let me, this episode, I agree, kind of hard, and I will make a defense, but not right now, kind of hard to defend Krang calling off Shredder in this instance. But last episode, you'll remember that because Shredder couldn't maintain control of the power plant, Krang had to use the reserve power to get the Technodrome back into... Or was that the... Whatever episode that was. Was that the last episode? Yeah. I think. Return was of the, the Season turn finale. Turn of too. Too. So yeah. he would have... If not for Shredder, he would have been able to kill the Turtles because he would have had the power there. Shredder's blunder is what caused Crane not to be able to kill them.
0: Yeah, but I still think when you make the call, like, absolutely not. It comes to me and then it doesn't... You don't deliver. Like,
2: shit rolls uphill too. And I think... Yeah. Krang's down in my book. He's moving to number two. You can't call yourself the ace if you're getting, you know, three innings and ten runs against you.
1: Okay, here's my defense of Krang for this episode. Number one, he said he wanted to do this alone. And Shredder, because he's... Shred- Shredder's problem is he can't be. He can't just sit one out. He always has to be involved in everything. When Krang was giving Shredder... It's time to to track the turtles down. He didn't get involved. He was in Dimension X. He let Shredder run the show. Shredder continued to mess up. Now it's Crane's turn. This is the first time Crane has had his own chance to do something, and Shredder's up his ass about being involved. Okay? That's number one. Number two.
0: You've skipped number one, which is he gets stuck in gum. (laughs) Okay. We're not there yet, Andrew.
3: That's...
1: (laughs) That's my
0: number one.
2: That's my number one. I forgot.
1: Okay. Uh, Shredder got stuck on his cape. So they've both been stuck once.
2: You're right? fucking obsessed with Shredder getting stuck on his yeah. cape.
1: John, Crane isn't. Listen, everyone's <laughs> got an Achilles heel. Crane can't be around gum, apparently. <laughs> All right. And he wouldn't have fallen down if, and this is my point, Shredder, Crane does Shredder the favor of letting him get involved in his plan and gives him very specific orders to distract the turtles, not to kill them. Distract them. Okay. And Shredder. Classic power trip is only focused on destroying the turtles, not distracting them. And he botches Crane's plan when Crane is going to kill them. So Crane called Shredder off because Shredder wasn't following orders. Number one. Okay. And number two, he would have still killed them if Shredder didn't come crashing through the ground and cause him to get tripped into gum.
0: I just have to say that death is the ultimate distraction
2: in my yeah, book. I was going to say that too. Yeah.
1: But you understand, like, this is, Shredder just said, hey, Crane, kill the turtles yourself. Krang says, okay. And then Shredder tries to kill, he, he's out there, he's, what's the, what's the um Krang, what's the word I'm looking he, for? He's, Krang like, subverting. Enlisted.
0: Yeah, like, one-upping. Yeah. Yeah, know he's, like,
1: sabotaging, say. basically. He's, like, an inside agent sabotaging crane's plans.
0: Yeah, finally, Crane gets a taste of his own medicine for sabotaging Shredder's plans in the past.
1: Okay. But you can't, be, you can't play both sides of the fence if you're Shredder. You can't beg to do everything yourself and then beg Crane for all these resources. And then when you fail for the thousandth time, go back to Crane and say, oh, you do it yourself and then actively sabotage him.
2: And not I, to mention... I actually, it sounds quite villainous to me. Yeah. The not ultimate to mention, the Shredder owner, got perhaps. run
1: off multiple times in this episode.
2: Yeah,
0: because his... His marching orders were to distract them, Chris. You forget. <laughs> no, he got, distracting he was, is also the chase, you know, the run and the, you know,
2: the this the and the that. The that. that he, he let shake. out when he was
1: running away from Mikey, he yeah. was terrified.
2: It and was is it villainous? Some might say.
1: Is it villainous to stomp your feet saying, I won't, I won't, I won't. And then cry that, oh, Cray, I never get to have any fun. He sounds like a, he's pouting like a child.
0: I just have to say, though, he acknowledged at what a, both times, and what a mistake it was for Krang to be calling off the execution of the Turtles. Therefore, he is self-aware more so than Krang. He is in a better looking cape than Krang, which also, <laughs> as Chris has pointed out at least a hundred times now, got can sometimes get caught on saved his collapse, collapse railings but I think it's time for Krang to take a step back realize he's not the alpha on the villain power rank anymore and regroup with a better plan next time because that's the other knock I have on him this episode he spent half the episode coming up with a plan and then this <laughs> is how plan. it but perfect plan on paper but what have you done for me lately Chris
1: he got the solar benite Andrew the more important part of the plan was accomplished. Okay, think about it
2: for air conditioning. Destroying turtles, which
1: obviously is part of getting the technodrome back up and running.
0: <clears throat> so my vote would be to move Crane to number two and Shredder to number one. Flip flop the one and two.
1: I I can see Crane moving down. I don't think Shredder is any has done anything to move up.
2: Here's a question. Here's a question. Do we just have the number one spot open and everyone bumps down? No. Okay.
1: Do Bebop and Rocksteady <laughs> move to the top of the board? No.
0: No, no they no, weren't no, I'm even saying. here for all of season two. They were in Dimension <laughs> yeah. X. There's no way they
1: were pretty effective this this episode.
0: They have been effective, but they haven't they had you any got, major. They got roles. crushed by Gurglu.
1: Yeah, he also crushed, he saved Shredder's life. I
0: mean, you can't, when your own reflection scares you off, you're not in the number one seat on the villain power ranking, Chris. Come on.
1: Yeah, but he then redeemed himself by crushing Mikey's skull. Listen, you can move Crane, wait a minute, if you're going to move Crane, it's two on one. I respect that, you know, majority rules, but.
2: What would you have that Crane stays one?
1: Listen, at the beginning give of me, the episode... Chris, Chris Krang, hold on. Give me on. your
2: 15-second succinct elevator pitch for why Crane should be number one.
1: All right. I'll give you... I'll probably need less than that. At the beginning of the episode, Crane very clearly stated that his goal was to get the Solar Benite and then humiliate the Turtles on national TV. The more important part of the plan was the Solar Benite, which he did flawlessly. Okay? And he would have killed the Turtles if not for Shredder, Meadowing, and things, which you can... Say it's a gray area, but Crane at least accomplished something. Whereas last episode, when Shredder bungled things, he didn't get anything beneficial from the meta laser. So there you
2: go. Okay, that was 30 seconds. Andrew, (laughs) give me your (laughs) 15-second elevator pitch on why Shredder should be number one.
0: It's it's quite simple, John. You state at the beginning of the episode that one of your tasks is to destroy the turtles once and for all. And I quote, I quoted that. <laughs> and then you, in fact, fuck up destroying the turtles once and for all. Then you move down.
1: But it was, it wasn't, um, it was it, like an add on to the plan. He's like, no. you know what? I'm going to get this and I'm going to do this. He was just trying, it was showmanship. Okay.
0: No, it was a uh, hubris as they would say, Chris.
1: Yeah, all right, fine. Crane's got a giant brain. He's got a lot of hubris. He is a brain. Move him down. He'll be back. I'm very confident he'll be right back at the top next week.
2: Yeah. All right. Perhaps. I'm moving Crane down.
0: <laughs> How Welcome can you not
1: love Crane? He's the best.
0: Welcome back. Yeah, this isn't a popularity contest. It's the villain power. But it contest.
1: is though. It is. You're blinded by shredders. No. So uh,
0: our new our new top 9 villain power ranking. At number 1, the true number 1, Shredder. <laughs> number 2, crane. Number 3, Bebop and Rocksteady. Number 4, Baxter Stockman. Number 5, Foot Soldiers. Number 6, Rock Soldiers. 7. Dragon Granitor. Eight, Knucklehead, nine, punks, ten is open currently. So we're waiting for a new villain. The reserves. Seldom seen slide these days. They're empty. (laughs) And the graveyard. Still full of all the the villains that will not return. We
1: need it's time for a new villain. We need a new villain.
0: Yeah. We do. We do.
1: All right, that concludes our Vone power ranking segment for the week, which transitions us into everybody's favorite segment, pizza time. time. Last week, uh, we tweeted out the Twitter poll question, which some would say I got hosed on, some would say I didn't. But last week's question, what condiment should be which condiment? John, graphics department. Which condiment um, is 100%... I don't it,
2: no, I don't think it should be. No, it should be. Which is used for, like, beings? Like, who? No. Who and no. which are compatible?
1: What condiment is 100% in someone's fridge, but rarely used?
2: It's definitely which.
0: Which yeah. condiment? That's grammatically correct.
1: Yeah, John's wrong.
2: We use so Andrew oh, said, we Worcestershire we, sauce. it says we use which when there is a restricted range of answers. So yeah. Which there is. Yep. Yeah, okay. I'm with you.
1: John agrees. All right. So Andrew said Worcestershire sauce. John said balsamic vinegar. I said sesame oil. Tough pick and third there. Um <laughs> I didn't get any votes. So <laughs> I lose again. I think we may need to reformat the, how we do this. We need more the votes. First,
2: I might, I can post polls on TikTok, I think.
1: Yeah, maybe we should, let's try that this time.
2: Okay. You going to get yeah. more
1: than just us voting.
2: It's worth trying. This though.
1: has become, uh, let's make Chris eat pizza every week.
2: <laughs> this is here. also, this is the first back to back. Yep. I feel uh, like I'm eating pizza.
1: pizza every time we record this show.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, Chris, with an answer like sesame oil, <laughs> I that... went
1: third. I went yeah. third. What am I there's supposed better, to do?
0: There's better answers than sesame oil. Relish, no. as we established, yeah. was the next best answer, and you didn't guess it.
1: And first of all, let me say that, John, when the, when the question was asked, fridge was not specified. I very clearly remember I didn't remember say it had to be a fridge. Well, why does the Twitter graphic say someone's fridge? John.
0: Actually, pan- John specifically said. Not limited to the fridge at some point. Yeah. In last episode. Which is extra.
2: If you have so so many questions on the graphic, don't just blindly post it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Do some editing here. (laughs) You can't Monday morning quarterback after you lose.
1: I'm Ron Burgundy at the teleprompter. If you send me something, I'm going to post it (laughs) because I expect, listen, uh, we're in New England. Bill Belichick's big thing is do your job. I'm doing my job, but I have to rely on everyone else to do their jobs around me. So Last week, we didn't even get a graphic. This week, we get an incorrect graphic, which I think I probably would have lost this anyway, but my answer gets worse when you add the word fridge in there. Because you don't typically put sesame oil in the fridge.
2: Yeah, you do. You absolutely do. No. Do you? I don't know. My oils don't stay in the fridge. Also, Chris, I come from a world of checks and balances, okay, of systems of review. What if I just posted – do you even read it when you post it, or do you just take it and post it?
1: (laughs) I save it to my (laughs) phone, and then as I see it, as I'm saving it, like when I open the email, there's only like 10 words on the thing. I see it.
2: Yeah, but do you read it? Make sure you get
1: my answer right, and then I post it.
2: (laughs) I can put anything for your answer. I can put, uh, you know, poo. Yeah, Would you I look,
1: I'll be honest. I I I didn't catch the fridge thing until I was just looking at it now.
2: Okay.
1: And seeing that I I lie, zero votes.
0: <laughs> well, Chris is just getting shut out this episode. He makes us he puts a stake in the sand for Crane being the ultimate villain, yeah. and he gets trounced. And now he's trying to debate uh, the Twitter poll results, and in doing so, as John so. Accurately pointed out, this is the first back-to-back Pizza Time spins in the history of TMNT Shellcast.
1: I want to be clear. I'm not complaining. I'm explaining (laughs) that I am getting ganged up on, as expected, on this podcast. So spin. I want three shuffles, and then I want to spin.
0: (laughs) There's one. There's two. There's three.
1: Nice even distribution of pepperonis, but the mushrooms.
3: To
2: each other. I like mushrooms. Oh, that's anchovy oh. tofu,
0: tofu, and bean sprout. Fuck me. Also a
2: throwback <laughs> to season. Oh, not the
1: Stop! <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> I was got the weed.
2: did you? Chris is just clearing up this the season two episode ones.
1: Yeah. Jesus, bean, what is it? Bean sprout and tofu? <laughs> Fucking bland ass. It sounds like the top ten Reader's Digest list you were just reading. For <laughs> <smooth>. <laughs> well,
3: That's
1: all right. I can I can do that. Maybe I'll make a nice um, a little pho after with the bean sprouts. You know what you should
2: you know what you should do is make like take the tofu and make it like some sofritas, mm, like, like a Chipotle. Yeah, yeah.
1: Listen, this. Nice. This is John. It's the intent of the...
2: Chris, come on now.
1: ...ingredient on the pizza. It's how it is. I got to eat it. Play the ball where it lies. Eat the pizza as it's...
2: The real question bread. is, what firmness tofu you're going to go with? Extra firm always for everything.
1: I'll yeah. be honest. I've never bought tofu. I've had it, but I've never purchased it. So
2: You'll be,
0: be surprised good. at how affordable... Actually, they... tofu is a couple things I got to say. Number one, the, uh, debate about tofu and estrogen and men, men not supposed to have soy is a farce. So is that there's a, been debate? a study? Know that was the there's been a study that's debunked that if I can find it, I will put it so you can eat soy men. You can eat soy without being concerned about, uh, estrogen. Number two, you always go extra firm because tofu is always too soggy. It's a fact, not an opinion. Everyone knows that tofu is too soggy. So you want the extra firm so that you can crisp it up a little bit and give it a little bit more texture instead of just having it be like a wet sponge. And number three, bean sprouts. Did you know that bean sprouts are considered one of the worst food safety Things that you can consume so so just want to give you a little warning chris maybe you should wash (laughs) your veggies when you buy them before you cook (laughs) you
1: act like i don't wash i do wash my (laughs) veggies
0: you wash your vegetables nobody actually comes home and actually washes like i do i have
1: a strainer i put them all in i rinse them all off and then i put them in ziploc bags
0: The paper towel. Do you rinse them with water or do you rinse them with a solution of of some sort of cleaning, sanitizing? Water. I'm not going to add Vinegar.
1: chemicals to my food.
0: Vinegar. That's called that's called a rinse then, Chris. Not a clean. A rinse.
1: I said, all right. First of all, that's our new segment called Andrew's Tofu Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Debuted this week and we'll end every episode. It's a great tofu. Tofu is one of
0: the best value protein. Best value protein. Of source for protein, are you world. supposed to
1: squeeze all the juice out of it? Isn't that is that why you're yeah, just soggy? You can,
0: you can put you, like a book on top. John, will here's what to
2: you
3: right
2: do. <laughs> you you take your tofu, your killer tofu, perhaps. You wrap it in perhaps a paper towel or perhaps a kitchen cloth, such as kitchen, kitchen cloth. cloth. Yep. Super just, yeah, super absorbent microfiber. You put on it on. You don't you have half sheet baking trays right now? Just put it between two half sheet baking trays and put yeah book on top and just let it strain for like ten minutes. Get the. I mean, what kind of food do
1: you have to put in a or wine press to eat?
2: Yeah, or besides wine, go to Trader Joe's,
0: buy the uh, Trader Joe's brand and I forget what it's called, but it's their tofu. It is a smaller mass, so you're you're paying more for for less. However, it's already marinated. It's already squeezed. Uh, you can get it in teriyaki or you can get it in fiery sriracha. Very mm. good. Can go right in the air fryer if you if you please.
2: And it uh, makes for a great, great topping for salads, for pizzas, perhaps. And also, secondly, silken tofu, the softest of the tofus. It's great as a dessert. Put a little honey in there and then you throw it directly in the trash. Just kidding. Here's- it's actually delicious.
1: <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do because I'm not I'm going to buy I'm going to go to Stop & Shop because that's what's near me. Yeah. I'm going to find the first thing that says tofu. I'm going to bring it home, slice it and put it onto a pizza. No, oh,
0: mistake. It's going to be so don't wet. Don't do that. Mist- I, I this, like yeah.
1: wet. I like soggy. I don't like cooked tofu. It gets rubbery. So, that's how I'm going to eat it. And the bean sprouts. Right down the hatch, unrinsed. I hope they stick in my lungs and grow beans. All
0: and right, then maybe
1: Jack. I won't have to eat pizza the week after that.
0: You going to climb it too and kill the giant at the top once it grows?
1: <laughs> kill the... the what? Oh, the,
0: Jack and Jack the beanstalk. You just said your oh, the
1: you're... giant. No. <laughs> you said the giant at the top. <laughs> like, what are you talking about?
2: No, the giant. It's Defi, fo thumb. I, smell I make the bread from the bones of children.
1: John, what bonus question? Actually, we'll go, Andrew, because I was asked, John. What did Jack climb the beanstalk to steal?
2: Ooh.
0: Uh, he had traded. He traded his cow for the beans. Yeah, Andrew's so I think. Time. No, I think he was going. Back to get the cow back because his mom was mad that he traded the cow away for the magic beans. Am I wrong about that?
1: Uh well that might let me rephrase it. What does he steal once he's up there? That may be true. I don't remember that part. Oh, that I don't know. John.
2: Like a I don't know. A fingernail.
1: It's the goose that weighs golden eggs.
2: You act like I should know that.
1: I I a little tidbit of information everyone should know all right that's all we got uh oh we have to spin no we just spun what did i get here's a oh, fucking tofu and beans <laughs> Jesus
2: okay right, we hey. should just do a quick a oh, quick update on beans. the well yeah we gotta do that but then also just a quick update on the um betting for this episode oh, wow. anyways i'm gonna keep this short we talked about it during the episode michelangelo had two cowabungas so that's two in two episodes so a little bit behind pace but we're getting there turtle blimp and the uh turtle van have not made an appearance yet and then leo threw one katana this episode so
1: i forgot about the katana throw we all the over on that right yeah that's gonna clear no problem
2: yeah yeah it should which actually be an issue. Although Chris is, yeah. So yeah, we all be over there. So just a little update. We'll keep this tracking, but I just figured I would share with the people at home. Perfect. So we'll get that up in some medium and share it with the group.
1: Do you have a Twitter poll question?
2: For many of you who may not know, but keen listeners also would not know, my birthday is tomorrow, the 24th of April.
0: Thanks for the reminder, John.
2: Yes. Happy birthday to me. In 27 minutes, I will turn 33 years old. Godspeed to myself. My question to you, Chris, you will answer first because you came in last and you are a loser. <laughs> <laughs> My question to you, what is the best flavor of cake? Oh, who?
1: Well, I mean, of birthday cake or of cake in general?
2: Uh, I mean, I would say birthday cake. Yeah. What's your, if you want a birthday cake, what do you want your birthday cake to be? I'll phrase it that way. Okay.
1: What is your favorite me...
2: birthday cake?
1: Yeah. These are Those are two different questions to me. Your favorite cake and favorite birthday cake.
2: Sure,
1: so I, like many, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to these things. And I like a simple birthday cake. The kind, you guys remember, like you get the sheet pan with just the big cake on it. And I like my cakes to have yellow cake and chocolate frosting. So I don't know what color, what flavor the yellow is. Maybe it's called the yellow. Is it vanilla. Is yellow a flavor? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's called it's So preferably called you
1: cake. get two so sheet pancakes. John.
2: The yellow the yellow comes from the yolk of the egg. Okay.
1: There you go. My cake is yolked. Did so you I just like,
2: say yolk?
0: Yolk with yeah, he an did. L. You said the L and yolk. Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> believable. <laughs> so I like two layers, preferably with a little layer of chocolate frosting in between. Put the candles on. I like the corner piece, would be ideal. Just a simple, like you would get at, you know, your parents made you a cake for your birthday, nothing fancy.
2: All right. So your response is yellow cake with chocolate frosting. I'm going to go fuck about yes. your tears. But it's okay. a
1: very specific kind of cake. I know you're gonna go bougie because you're. That's how you are.
2: It's fine. Yellow cake with chocolate. Fro- what milk chocolate, dark chocolate frosting? Do you have a preference?
1: Whatever comes out of the can. I'm assuming it's milk chocolate because dark chocolate sounds there's, a little too fancy.
2: I mean, there's milk chocolate. Just your standard can of
1: chocolate cho- frosting, John, that you get when you eat like Dunkaroos.
2: That's that, probably whatever milk that chocolate. is. That's yeah. milk chocolate. Sweeter. Andrew, you came in second last. All, what is your preferred birthday cake?
0: All right. So I was a little worried with Chris going first, but I'm not because his choice is not what I was going to choose. Um, so everyone knows there's two types of cake that you... You're going to
1: fuck this up. I know what you're going to do when you're wrong.
0: That you root for when you go to any birthday party. It's either... Funfetti or ice cream cake.
1: Yeah. You're going fucking fudgy the whale. I knew it. What? Fudgy the whale is the the standard ice cream cake. You don't know fudgy the whale?
0: I'm not going ice cream cake. I would be remiss (laughs) to not (laughs) focus on how good and perfect funfetti is as a cake. Because number one, fun fact. I think this is a fact my wedding cake was a naked cake is a style of wedding cakes and it had funfetti on the inside. Is it really? I think, I think so. Number two, there's nothing better. See, Chris didn't even mention sprinkles on his cake, which was also was up my
1: ass about answering it. Like cut me off. And shit. <laughs> no, it
0: wasn't. I don't want sprinkles was... on my cake, but. Yeah, that's a mistake because Funfetti has sprinkles inside the cake. And I'm pretty sure it's the same yellow like cake or flavor, whatever the yellow is that you like, Chris. It's like the same exact thing. It may just be a different color.
1: I don't like Funfetti. Sue me. It's and, a girl
0: cake. And that's Chris. That's a, <laughs> well, listen, I'm not. It's I love the it's number cake. one cake it's in is. the entire world. That's a fact. Yeah, because you know so who loves
1: to bake cakes? Not being sexist, but... A lot of girls out there like to bake. Yeah,
0: and who likes to eat them? Everyone. So, <laughs> cream cheese frosting is the only answer to frosting.
3: No.
0: Vanilla cream cheese frosting. It's not even a cre- thing. Cream, cre- cream cheese cream frosting cheese, whatever on a funfetti cake. There's not a yeah. thing. It's a fact. So that's cream my cheese answer. Is for carrot cake. With with some rogue sprinks on top. I like to go multicolor because I'm unlike Chris. I'm all about inclusion. So uh, the more colors, the better.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I will say Funfetti is the correct answer for this question. It's a gimmick cake. Because it is delicious. It is not a gimmick cake. It is a delicious
1: cake. Yeah, if you have to focus on the color of the sprinkles in your cake, then the substance isn't there.
2: I don't even know what that means because you literally chose a yellow cake. Which because is I don't know what it's called. On the color. It is called yellow cake.
1: Okay, well then that's the name of it.
0: <laughs> just like Th- funfetti. I'm choosing Chris. it
1: because it's yellow. I'm choosing it because it's good. It just happens to be yellow.
2: Okay. I so because I cannot pick funfetti, although I suppose I could. That would be chaos.
1: <laughs> Different frosting.
2: <clears throat> There's a couple options here that I'm between. One is carrot cake. And the other is red velvet, Ooh. and I think if I carrot had a cake's preference, not a birthday cake. Sure, can it be. can be just like cheesecake but is what cake. I was also. That would have been
1: my pick, but carrot cake's not a birthday. If you say carrot cake, it's not in the spirit of the question.
2: <laughs> of course, of course, it is. What do you mean? It's not? nobody
1: gets carrot cakes for their birthday, John.
2: Yeah. I guarantee You'll
0: fucking know. Peter Cottontail does.
2: Yeah. Fucking yeah. right, Peter Cottontail.
0: And okay, Usagi Jim Jumbo. Who you'll discover who that is later. What?
1: Ooh, Andrew foreshadowing. Usaki. Well.
2: <laughs> Chris, would you have chosen cotton cake? <laughs> I, me, carrot cake?
1: Carrot cake is my favorite cake. That's why I asked you to clarify. You can choose it. I'm just saying that's why I asked for clarification because carrot cake, if I see carrot cake, I choose it over anything.
2: Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> I'll pick a carrot cake. Fuck. terrible pick My terrible pick. cake With you're gonna three, lose
1: good cake, just wrong
0: well i think carrot cake's too polarizing in general i would have gone red velvet because number one you know i don't like it it's just chocolate cake i it's a certain type of chocolate cake um yeah, but i'd i think chocolate cake is very uh, popular as i think chocolate cake is very popular so i feel like john should have played the crowd and not
2: Not his... his John should have gone
1: reverse. He should have gone chocolate with vanilla frosting, which is the reverse of my cake. Yeah, chocolate
2: cake is good. Red velvet, I prefer, for sure. Because who doesn't want their poop to turn red and think that you're bleeding after you eat cake?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Does it? I've never checked. I don't don't really eat red velvet cake, but...
2: I think, personally,
0: I think red velvet, if you were given a blind taste test... I guarantee nobody could
2: actually pick out red velvet over you regular. Could. You definitely could. I'm
0: telling you, it's, it's,
2: it's devil's food cake shit.
1: colored red. It's the same. That's like a fact. It's just red dye and chocolate cake.
2: It is, yeah, but you can tell.
1: You can't. Also, isn't red dye like one of the worst things you can eat?
2: Yeah, red number five. Number two
1: or something. Five, whatever. So my point is, John picked carrot cake like he's eating a Garten at a birthday party. Nobody <laughs> has that. <laughs> nobody has that as an option. So... Of course, Barefoot contested John with the carrot cake (laughs) pick.
2: So, all right, so is that going on uh TikTok? That will I'll put that on TikTok. I'll have to do that tomorrow or not when the episode drops. I'll do that. We should then I'll tweet the TikTok
1: out. Send me the link when you do
2: it. Okay, I will. I gotta figure out how to do I gotta figure out. Let me look at it in the next couple days to see if I can actually do that. I think you can, but we'll see. It's gonna really push my. My skills to the limit here. Um, okay, and that's the question for the week. So, happy birthday to me!
1: Happy birthday, John! Fun happy... fact: Ninja Turtles. I think was somebody had a Ninja Turtle themed birthday party at some point.
2: Probably you, because I never had a birthday party as a kid.
1: Yeah, I did have awesome birthday parties.
0: I was also going to save this for later, but since John brought up birthdays, uh, unfortunately, John. <laughs> there is no episode that was released or aired on your birthday.
2: Yeah. I but, think it's all in the fall, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, however, yeah. the closest the one is going to be the last episode of the season because that was December 22nd, 1989. And it's closer than the start of season four, which is September 10th, 1990. Mm. So you will get your birthday episode in the season. Mm. Whereas mine was the season two finale, Return
2: of the drum Chris, I think this, Chris, did this air on your birthday? I think this one did.
0: No. Wait, October 20th, 1989. That means mine. We're still a year away. Chris does have oh, a birthday oh, episode. Oh, you're thinking Chris, like
2: the actual, birth. I was actual just birthday. Actual birthday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, even at that, there is no, um, well, yeah, actual birthday I'm going with. So Chris will have an actual birthday episode we'll get to in about a year. Nice. Mm. So something to look forward happy, to. Happy birthday. Happy birthday episode. I actually had something to share before we, uh, mm. we sign off. I wanted to say thank you to Daniel Elson. Now, some of you may say, who the fuck is Daniel Elson? Well, he is the one that painted... The background for wow. the TMNT diorama that they uh, that NECA released a few years ago. So this was like a cardboard insert that you put over your like city mm-hmm. scape as your as your skylines. We're using it as our background. I don't know if you guys can see that our background to the actual pod here on Streamyard. The reason I'm shutting him out is because he saw somebody that was trying to sell his painting as part of their own whatever on Etsy. And so he released it to the world for free for download. That's awesome. So it looks incredible. It's got the channel six building. It's got kind of a raised jumbo pizza sign, a bunch of other cityscape. But I just want to say thank you. Obviously art is uh, should not be free. I'm of the opinion art should not be free. However, when it is free, it makes it that much better. So Whistler Art Museum, perhaps consider <laughs> hanging this in your building instead of the weird shit that you do now.
2: Yeah, we're Put that in your pipe and smoke it.
1: Suck it, wham. <laughs> All right, thank you for that, Andrew and Daniel Elson for the art, <laughs> or Danielle Olson, depending on how you want to say the name. John, any last words?
2: Before no. My... <laughs> Before... <laughs> no, I I'm actually just. I'm so excited that you have to eat two pizzas in a row. I hope that it just, you always have to eat the pizza for in <laughs> forever. forever.
1: Infinite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the way you're rigging the polls, it seems to be the easy way to do it.
2: I mean, you had the, you had the number one pick here and you went yellow cake with chocolate frosting, which is my birthday cake for tomorrow with sprinkles. Yeah. on it, I'll send you a photo.
1: That's a great cake. Simple. It classic. Just cake. says happy birthday in that weird, like, tube lettering I forget what it's, gel stuff.
0: Yeah. You know the know, gel that you'd scrape off. Well, yeah. also, I just want to let you guys know the next episode is called Attack of the 50-Foot Irma. Damn. So, wow. what does that mean? To be determined.
1: <laughs> See, it's pretty obvious what that means. Irma's just going to grow to 50 feet or have 50 feet.
0: Could be. Or... Does she join the foot soldiers and she's got a brigade of 50 foot soldiers? soldiers. I don't know. We'll find out, but I will be recapping that next week. I will also be sharing my show and tell that I've been promising for the last month and a half because it is ready. Wow. Wow.
1: Andrew saved it for his episode and sandbagged me.
0: And that's a promise. (laughs) (laughs) As John would say, put that in your pipe and smoke it. No, what did he say last week? He no. said... Write that down, put it in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was something like that.
1: Yeah. John and his sayings. All right. I think that is it for this week. We will see you all next week. Thanks,
0: everyone. bunga.